Stand by to receive our transmission. Where are you boys from in the world? Alabama, sir. I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to the Bama Geeks Podcast. We are four friends diving into our favorite pop culture topics with a dash of Southern charm. Right, we have the tools, we have the talent. It's Miller time. Whoa, this is heavy. Pizza dude's got 30 seconds. Wait, what? Crazy? You didn't say I was crazy. You got the wrong guy. I'm the dude, man. You want something done, you've got to do it yourself. Be excellent to each other. Party on, dudes! So grab your biscuits and gravy, a glass of sweet tea, and enjoy the nerdy hospitality of Brock and Jessica Parker, Bo Bearden, and Kevin Gardner. This is the way. This is the way. And welcome into the very first episode of the Bama Geeks Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. We are happy to finally get together and be with you. My name is Brock Parker. We'll do a full introduction of ourselves for this first episode. Uh, with me, three very important people in my life. One that, you know, I just happened to marry. She's so important to me. And then two guys who have been brothers to me for more than a decade. We're all really good friends and I will let them tell you who they are. I am Jessica Parker. I am the wife of Brock Parker. Hi, I am Bo Bearden. I'm a Taurus and I am one of the people he loves like a brother of Brock Parker. I didn't <laughs> stumble that too bad. You're going to make hey, me a lot, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a Kevin Gardner. I'm also a Taurus and I'm one of Brock's best buddies. And I love long walks in the woods. Wait, the three of us, with the exception of Brock, is a Taurus? I'm a Taurus too. Bull power. Uh, Man. Well, I'm a Leo. Lame. (laughs) (laughs) Rawr. (laughs) (laughs) We get to hang out in the pasture all day. What do you do? Well, I get, I, I, I maul things. (laughs) (laughs) He has the high ground there. Yes. This is true. Everybody run. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, we, uh, we, if if you know myself and and Bo and Kevin, uh, we used to do a podcast about being Ghostbusters in Alabama, the Alabama Ghostbusters, and that's how the three of us. That's actually how all four of us met. Kevin and I met in early two thousand and nine, and we actually met each other first for the first time at his house as we were organizing the what was then the Birmingham Ghostbusters. Uh, and the, which eventually became the Alabama GBs. We met at Kevin's house, and I think what the next meeting at your house, Bo showed up. Yeah, so, that, and that that was actually pretty awesome too, because Bo is like, "Hey, uh, hey, Kevin, I know you," um, <laughs> yeah. because we uh, we used to uh, do honor bands together back in high school, and he's like pulling out pictures and stuff, and I'm like, just kind of in shock a little bit there. Like, I, I you, you ever get one of those situations where? Someone comes up to you and they're like, yeah, yeah, I know you. And you're like, yeah, yeah, you. And then you have to go and think about it for a little bit. It was kind of one of those situations. Yeah, I'm terrible with names, but I'll always remember your face. I'm one of those type of people. So like, like I said, <laughs> you know, we were, we, I know we did honor bands, at least 97 and 98. So that was what at the time, 10 years previously. So. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised Bo remembers our name to this day. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Jessica came along uh, into our lives in 2016. We all have a mutual friend, Tara, who is from Alabama, but she has lived uh, quite a few years over in England. And mm-hmm. she grew up in the area with Jessica. And she contacted me the summer prior to Dragon Con 2016 and said, Hey, I got this friend that is going to be going to her first convention like ever. And it's going to be Dragon Con. And I'm like, that's a huge convention to start off on. <laughs> she's like, yeah, uh, w- would you mind just kind of meeting with her? And, you know, she's from the Birmingham area and you guys just kind of take her under your wing and, and make sure she, she stays okay at Dragon Con. Like, yeah, sure. And so that's where we met her. And Brock yeah. said, I'll, I'll take her under my wing, all right. Well, <laughs> well there was another life circumstance where I couldn't do that at the time. <laughs> I had a <laughs> it's funny because I for some crazy reason, and I don't know why, but I was I happened to look on the ALGB Facebook page not too long ago, and there is a post from me saying, Hey, I'm coming to Dragon Con. Can't wait to meet you guys. <laughs> But yeah, I had I I had just kind of reached that point in my life in 2016 where I had friends that were going to cons. I had friends that had been going to Dragon Con for years and I was living vicariously through their photos and their, you know, hearing their stories about going to the cons. And I've I've grown up with a uh, with a geek culture, I guess you could say all my life. I've loved, you know, I've loved the Ghostbusters since the movie came out always loved the movie i grew up on star wars and star trek and my dad has that uh that has that love for sci-fi and comics and collecting so i I've, i had been immersed in that type of environment or that culture and i just figured at that point in my life it was i was going to get out and i was going to start involving myself in it and it just looked so much looked so much fun and something i'd enjoy doing and as as much as i <laughs> As much as it's a, a joke almost within our community at this point in time, but I did see ghost heads. Uh, and <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you know, honestly, yeah. Jessica, that's how it starts for all of us, really. It's like you just kind of you 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 just kind of want to to do more. And that's that that was exactly the same way it worked for me, you know, because mm-hmm. I was I was really heavily into Star Wars, you know, Star Wars fandom. I had a, a Star Wars fan group that I uh I started and ran before I assisted Michael in starting the Birmingham Ghostbusters. And, um, you know, that, that was something that I started back when I was in my early twenties. And that's, that's basically how it started was, you know, (laughs) we, uh, you, you start with that and then you start dipping your toe in the the water with conventions, but you just dove straight head first into the deep end with with Dragon Con. (laughs) I sure did. And I thought, I, I have a friend of mine, Emma, that had been going to Dragon Con for years. And one of the ones I'd hear, you know, how much fun she had doing it. She loved being there. She looked forward to Dragon Con every weekend. So it was really, in all honesty, it was a last minute decision for me to go that year. I had called her. I, I don't even think she had planned to go, but I had reached out to her and says, I really want to go to Dragon Con. Are you going this year? And she says, I haven't decided yet. Um, and I don't have a room, but if, if I can get in contact with a friend of mine that's going and we can stay, we can stay in their room, then sure. Absolutely. I'll go along with you. If you want to go this year, I'll go along with you. So, uh, and 
I, I had no idea, was not even prepared for the grandioso that is Dragon Con. Had no clue that it was as big <laughs> as it was. So yeah, it was a, it was quite a first experience for me. <laughs> I was at the PKE Surge get together that Friday night, started meeting and talking and interacting with y'all that weekend on and off and started as soon as we got home started trying to kind of get more involved and find out you know what the group was doing and where I could where I could get involved with and um, became friends with a lot of y'all some friendships developed into uh, certain relationships at a at a specific point in time and here we are Jessica I didn't realize you felt that way about me (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well she told she told me when uh when my 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 previous life was was over you know she's like you know i'm not looking for a boyfriend and i'm like oh yeah that. <laughs> happily married yep. now for two years and the a little over two was years history. already wow <laughs> yep so uh thanks to the alabama ghostbusters that's how all four of us met <laughs> and we all have our have our love of so many nerdy things. You know, we each have our own, you know, special specific. Ah, I can't even say it anymore. Specific interests. <laughs> we don't all like the same things, but yet we all love many, many of the same things. So we've got a lot of interests here with everybody, and that's what this podcast is going to be about. We're just going to shoot the breeze about the things we love. And if one of us loves something and the other doesn't, well, there will be a death match and a hug at the end. That's right. Guys, three, three Tauruses versus a Leo, man. I think we can take him. <laughs> Probably. A death match that ends with a hug might take it to a different territory, but you know. That's, yeah. <laughs> Well, just just so everybody knows, Jess is a second degree black belt, even though she's only five foot three. I do have somewhat of the upper, (laughs) upper hand, right? Well, you, you've got the mean feet and the ability to easily reach shins. (laughs) (laughs) But but Jessica, I mean, given your height, I don't think you've ever been able to say you could have the high ground, right? Oh, this is true. (laughs) I can, I can never, I can never be the bigger person. I'm only five, three. So. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we have, we've seen Alabama change an awful lot over the years uh, as far as our state. You know, Atlanta's always had Dragon Con, it seems like, you know, forever. And there's so many conventions around the, the nation. But we we lived, we, we have gone through a transitional period over uh, the course of all of our friendships here in Alabama where there have not been conventions and there's not been a lot of geekiness that's happened in our state. So... For you guys, what are some of the things just in your lifetimes that you've been able to see take place in Alabama that has transformed this into a a very fun, geeky state? Probably one of the the first ones that I really, uh, the first sci-fi conventions that I really, um, that really took root here, even though it was only a one-year convention um, because of some issues and some mismanagement was a convention that took place back in, uh, you guys will have to help me out here with the year, I don't remember, but it was back in the late, two, nah, early 2000s, it was called OmegaCon. We got to look it up. 
Um, but uh, th that convention was probably one of the best examples I'd ever seen of a convention coming together uh, and, and actually displaying what Alabama, at least central Alabama could do. And when I say central Alabama, once I actually started, um, you know, because I, I had a pretty major part uh, with that convention as well. Um, once our group, we were the uh, Alabama Star Wars Syndicate at the time. And once our group uh, had a presence there, uh, one of the things I noticed was it wasn't just Birmingham that was there. It was all over the state. People coming from Mississippi. We had people from Georgia that had come in. And at that point, we just kind of all realized it's like, we could actually do this, guys. A lot of the people, I think, that that really um, saw the possibility of what uh, that convention could have been, um, that kind of took root. And we saw a lot of the uh, the, the subsequent uh, conventions that came out of that, that I'll let you guys speak on, but the subsequent conventions that came out of that, a lot of the seed investors and stuff and the uh, administrators for those conventions actually came from, you know, seeing what could happen at that initial convention that I know of. So yeah, OmegaCon was probably the biggest first experience for me where I saw what fandoms could do working together and what you could actually pull off even if the convention itself was a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, my first convention was actually in 1993 down in Dothan, Alabama. Um, it was an itty-bitty Star Trek convention, and John Delancey Q from uh, The Next Generation was there. That, that was the first taste that I had got, and I've been hooked ever since. I've been going since 93 now to, to any convention that, you know, that seems pretty fun and, and within striking distance. Um, so that's, it's, there was kind of a lot, well, let's see. John Delancey was at that one. And then the following year I had gotten into the air force, but came back home on a weekend where Walter Koenig Chekhov from the original series, uh, was in of all places, new Brockton, Alabama. If you know anything about new Brockton, it is down next to enterprise, <laughs> Alabama, which is another reason why I'm kind of geeky is my star Trek connection. I was born in enterprise, Alabama. You don't get much more star Trek than that. <laughs> right. So, um, <laughs> so Walter Koenig, itty bitty town of New Brockton, just on the outskirts of, of Enterprise. I, I think you can probably blink and in, in that blink count the number of residents in that town. I don't um, know. I don't, maybe the residents of Romulus, Alabama may have a bit of a, a quarrel oh. with you there and getting more Star Trekky. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. The good guys. You got it. You got to go with the good guys. The Federation. Come on, man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah so walter Koenig was there john delancey was there the year before i'd come home from the air force to go meet walter and then i got into some conventions out in in texas and all where i was stationed but but for alabama those were my first two conventions back in the early to mid 90s and then yeah we're we, we've exploded since then Bo, how, how about you with your experiences in the state uh, for me, I want to say it wasn't the uh, it wasn't OmegaCon, but it was the next year. The um, I believe our the I don't know if uh, MagicCon was before or after I went to DragonCon for the first time. But I would say within the state, that was my first in-state convention. That was what early uh, two thousand. You went to a you went to a MagicCon. A MagicCon was was two thousand ten. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. you went to Dragon Con for one day in twenty. Yes. Oh my God. That is one of the <laughs> longest days of my life. <laughs> like, like I, I got up that morning or no, I think, I think I drove over that Friday night. I worked nights at the time. So yeah, I drove over that Friday night 
and then you drove over work. after you got off work, which was yeah. early morning hours. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then I got up that oh. Sunday morning. And that was back when you, the line was a cluster and I got up at 6 a.m. and we did all that long day and then drove home that night. But that's, you know, in general for Alabama, though, yeah, I say Magicon. Magicon was my first in-state convention, and which is really impressive. Like I said, you know, at the time when I started getting into it, it was still – more things were beginning, you know, conventions were still very sparse in Alabama, especially in the sci-fi nature. You know, we have plenty Mm -hmm. of outdoors enthusiasts in Alabama and they have all kinds of stuff for them. And Hey, that's cool. Exactly. And that's what they enjoy. (laughs) Hey, you know, that makes them happy. But you know, for us nerds who wasn't the outdoors enthusiast type, you know, we can't, uh, now we started, you know, start started to chip away and go from there. But uh, Magicon was first uh, kind of convention I did with us. Mm -hmm. And of course did with the group and, um, Let's see. Seeing from that, I'm trying to think. Uh, PixelCon. Yes, PixelCon. That was technically yep. our first outing. That is right. That is yeah, mm-hmm. our first official outing. And uh, going from there, and uh, that was in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, yeah, that was at the university, campus. wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then, like, so we've kind of ventured out. Like, you know, at first I thought, you know, we'd be a contained to a our the, the major area of the central Alabama, like Birmingham. But then, you know, we started. I started tennis stuff in Huntsville and Montgomery and, and kind of going from there. So that's been like my exposure to it. Um, I'm really, and really looking forward to more stuff happening again here soon. Yep. And we'll, we'll talk in just a bit, yeah. I, I guess, about uh, conventions and stuff upcoming, but your dad, Jess, uh, and, and brother went to a few mm-hmm. things here in the state before you got involved at Dragon Con a few years ago. Yeah. I was kind of exposed to, uh, to the Star Trek fandom through, friends and their parents that had involvement in it and i remember that there was a there there would be like little star trek groups that would get together and sometimes i would be around that there was little fantasy cons that just these little small fantasy type cons that were around the area and i would tag along that now ask me their names i can't i couldn't tell you their names but I'd been, you know, occasionally going to that off and on and seeing those, those fandoms, those Star Trek fandoms, the Star Wars fandoms. I, like I said, I had a, a friend of mine's, uh, the McLeans, they were really heavy into the Star Trek uh, fandom and the costuming and things like that. And I was really close with that family growing up. So that was some exposure to that, to that world that I had kind of grew up around. And like he said, my dad is a, he is a, a sci-fi and comic enthusiast. Um, so there was that exposure to me growing up. So I always had that love and appreciation for things like that. You know, the conventions have certainly uh, have grown here in Alabama. And like mm-hmm. I said, we'll, we'll, we'll hop on that in just a moment. But you know, Alabama's got a rich history with science, especially mm-hmm. in the Huntsville area. We've got, you know, we've got NASA. We've got, uh, what, the Marshall Center up in Huntsville. And the U.S. Space and Rocket Center, so that area is prime geek heaven for for science fiction people and you know science mm-hmm. science related people. Yeah, just just nerds in general. Of course, Huntsville is full of nerds. Um, uh, it's it, it's got all the different types of uh, of industry there, like aerospace industry, um, and you know, it, again. Don't get triggered if you're listening from Huntsville. You know, you're <laughs> most likely if you're in Huntsville and you have a job, you're a nerd. We know a bunch of cosplaying rocket engineers. Yeah. Right, man. We know rocket scientists from Huntsville. Yeah. Who cosplay. Yeah. It's it's not, it's not a, it's not to trigger you. It's a compliment. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Totally. Totally. Hey, I got nothing but love for my Huntsville people. Okay. Love you guys. 
And we have plenty of love for, for all over the state. You know, Alabama, for better or for worse, has a reputation of yeehaw and, <laughs> and everything Boy, howdy. else. But, yeah, <laughs> but, uh, but we, we've got a lot of science in the state and we've got a lot of, we've got a lot of geeks, got a lot of people who love this stuff. You know, we were, golly, almost all of us have some sort of gray hair going on. Um, <laughs> you know, we, we were into this stuff before it was openly cool, mm-hmm. you know, and we, we know a lot of people around the state who are, who are the same way. So Alabama has a very geeky side. And, you know, like I said, with the explosion of, of conventions and everything around the state is, it just, it continues to grow jumping back to the mid nineties. Like I said, I was in the air force out in the station out in Texas and I came home the the 30th anniversary weekend of Star Trek, I, I came back to Huntsville where they had the 30th anniversary convention there at the uh, the Von Braun Center. And uh, I got to, that's where I got to meet all the original series cast. I got to eat dinner right across from Jimmy Dewan, Scotty, and all. And fantastic time there. So it, what, it's what, only grown since then. One of the, um, the interesting things uh, is, you know, when we... When we were kids, you know, like, like Brock mentioned earlier, a lot of us were, you know, uh, pretty much everybody here has got some gray hair. So, you know, we're, you know, we're uh, <laughs> approaching 40, if not over. So when we were kids, it was very popular not to to hate on geeks, to hate on nerds. And now uh, with the way society is now, it's kind of the opposite. So we embrace sci-fi. Mm-hmm. We embrace comics. We it's It's some of the biggest movie franchises. And some of the biggest focuses in culture right now. So it's, I believe in our lifetime, it's kind of made it where it's uh, a little more acceptable and normal for people Mm -hmm. to show their geeky side in Alabama. So, you know, yeah, like Brock said earlier, we we do still have, you know, uh, Alabama's uh, rooted a lot, especially Birmingham is rooted a lot in the civil rights and, and, and things like that, that, you know, uh, of course, um, you know, th- that's a, that's a, a a moniker or or something that we're uh, that Birmingham is always going to have, um, but at the same time we're starting to see it become uh, more than that. You know, we're mm-hmm. starting to see Birmingham become more than that. We're starting to see mm-hmm. uh, even Montgomery, of all places, you know, the seat of our state government, is becoming a lot more geeky and a lot more nerdy over time. Not quite as fast as some of the other cities, but um, it, it's 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 interesting to see you know, we. What was it last year, Brock? Well, not last year, but it was right before COVID. We had the, one of the first sci-fi conventions in Montgomery. Um, I forget what the name mm-hmm. of that one was. It was at the Shriner Center. River Region Comic Con? Is, that, is that what it was? Yeah, that's, that's that's sounds, like that. that sounds mm-hmm. close. So, I mean, yeah, all over the state, you know, this, this mm-hmm. geekiness is popping up. And it's uh, absolutely glorious. I would say it's just a, it's an interesting cultural change, not just I mean just everywhere here. It helps here. Like 30, 40 years ago, you know, you you had your stuff you liked as a kid, but then as you got older, you know, you had to grow up and you know you go to work and blah blah blah. Well, now people yeah. have learned how to have a healthy balance. Like you know, you can still like that thing you liked when you were ten, when you're now in your forties, you know, and and thirties and forties, and now and so on. It's mostly you know, it's okay to like that as an adult, you know. And I mean, you still do your adult things, but still you need to have your fun stuff that doesn't make you where you're mm-hmm. but you're not so fun adult stuff. It helps to keep your sanity and have a good time, you know. Your fandoms are your release. It's your little bit of a, as like I said, as we reach our yeah. 40s and we all have our jobs and our responsibilities and our kids and things like that that are important. 
but to have just that moment where you can kind of break away from the reality for a little yeah. bit and enjoy something for and, and just have something to enjoy. It's kind of funny because what was it about, you know, after the whole COVID thing came out and we started learning the term social distancing, I think I'd seen somebody had posted something on Facebook. It was like back in my day, social distancing meant telling someone you were a Star Trek fan or something to that, <laughs> something to that effect. But it's like Bo said, you know, you grow up and you're a kid and you have these things that you love, but then you reach kind of like a teenager and you kind of, or at least yeah, maybe yeah. how it was for us. It's like, well, you know, I love these things, but I don't want everybody to know that I love these things. This is my little private love. This is yeah. my private, you know, infatuation or it's just kind of something you kept to yourself. Yeah. The but, generation before us, it was just like, it, it was like we were saying earlier, it was like, once you get a certain age, you're expected to get a job and then you're mm-hmm. expected to, to, to go to work. And, and we all still do those things. It's oh, just yeah. a matter of saying, why do you need to let go of what you enjoyed in your teens, twenties, thirties? It's that's still okay. It's still okay. If, if you're okay with it, it's still mm-hmm. okay to dress up as your favorite as your favorite movie or comic characters and go to conventions and have fun and interact and make kids smile. Exactly. Life's too short to to sit here and toil away. Yeah, we do work. We do earn our paychecks, but man, we got to have our fun and life's too short not to have that release of fun. And and especially as all of us children of the eighties, I mean, my gosh, we're, we were bombarded with Saturday morning cartoons and marketing <laughs> toys and things of that nature. And mm-hmm. that that's what we grew up in is especially as majority of us right now are, uh, on this podcast, Gen X, which, um, which is so weird. You've got to think the people that were originally, you know, pushing all this stuff, you know, they were just intending, you know, for the, the kids to buy that stuff. Never would they have thought, <laughs> you know, here we are. Hey, they're, they're renewing license and property properties and remaking 20 to 30 year old toys. And Hey, guess what? We're buying them. Oh, Masters well, of the Universe origin figures are all over my house right now. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, it's it's just well, to me it boils down to adulting is hard, and that yes. might be a cliche yeah. term, but adulting no. is hard. So to have this this release and this escape, it's it's healthy. You need that. And one of my favorite quotes, and I have it on my Facebook page, is is from Walt Disney, where it says that growing old is mandatory, but growing up is optional. You can be having this kid, kid at heart mentality. You know, I was, I was kind of raised up on that. My dad is a, is a good example of that. He is a man that provides and rides for his family and makes a living, but he loves, you know, his sci-fi. He loves his comics. He loves collecting toys. And I cannot tell you how many Hot Wheels this man has. (laughs) Wonderful. Jessica, he loves being a geek. My dad had, when I was growing up, raising as a teenager in the house, he had Star, he had Star Trek new next generation figures pinned on the wall. He bought the Star, he bought the play set. He bought the Romulan War. He bought the, he bought the ship. He bought all the toys that were along with the next gen line back then. So I grew up exposed to someone who had a love for these things and appreciation for these things. Mm-hmm. And was not afraid to go out and buy. He was, you know, 30, 40 year old man. And he was going out and buying those toys. Hmm, sounds like us now. Pioneers, it's, it's man. Exactly like us. <laughs> <laughs> so I was going to say, all this is, is leading me to, to ask you guys, even though we know what each other are into, <laughs> you know, this is the introductory episode of the Bama Geeks podcast. Let's tell everybody 
what gets us going? What gets us motivated to stay geeky? And, and what mm-hmm. what things do we hold on to from our childhood? What new things have we embraced? What are your fandoms that just cranks that motor? So far as, as what um, kind of gets me going, um, it's still uh, pretty much my fandom is always, uh, it probably will always be rooted in Star Wars. Star Wars is a huge thing for me. I, I met all of these guys as a result of uh, my involvement with Ghostbusters. I absolutely love Ghostbusters. Uh, it's a fantastic movie. Um, but Star Wars is where it started. My mother was was kind enough to take me as an infant, less than a year old, to a movie theater to see uh, Empire Strikes Back. I was born in 1980. Uh, saw Empire Strikes Back. It stuck. From then on out, uh, she said that I was absolutely transfixed with a screen, was not screaming. I was a very quiet baby, oddly enough. Um, so I wasn't one of those babies that made, you know, people go, why do they bring babies to the theater? <laughs> you know, so she said I was transfixed the entire time. And she said she's always thought from that point on was when my love of Star Wars started. But um, I really didn't get into actual fandom type star wars until i was in my early 20s and oddly enough this is going to sound absolutely pathetic but i will i will show my belly here and say i started a star wars fan group to find a girlfriend (laughs) i am absolutely i will tell anybody that you don't know if you don't try yeah exactly (laughs) you know i i I knew you started that group i did not know that was the reason yeah that was was like Looking for that special somebody. I was, um, and um, I was, I was okay, successful. I wasn't like the the, the, the picture of awesomeness back then. I guess I'm still not, <laughs> but I wasn't like you know, uh, yeah, I, I wasn't a good bachelor back then. You know, I was just trying to figure things out. But you know, I started this group. I've always had a, a talent, a reasonable talent for starting and fostering groups and and pouring myself into it. And I started this this uh, this group and. From from that bore me, you know, doing my first Dark Jedi costume and then uh, going all the way up to doing Boba Fett and uh, Tusken Raiders. And and um, and that since then um, branched out to uh, another shell um, type uh, group called Alabama Fandom um, that where we did uh, what was it? Uh, Pirates. We have yep, Pirates. Pirates of the Cahaba. Yeah, Pirates of the Cahaba. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had um, uh, Dick, Dixie Hallows, which was our, um, uh, our Harry Potter group. And, uh, of course, the Alabama Ghostbusters. It was all part under the, the, the umbrella of, of Alabama fandom at one point. And uh, that was one heck of a time. And I think uh, yeah. a good bit of us had some sort of involvement in all of that. I know I did because I was you know, kind of fostered and seeded all those, all those groups to begin with. But what keeps me going on a day-to-day basis is knowing that I have friends and I have the structure. Um, it's just the same as anybody else will say, I've got my friends I can go and hang out with and have a beer. Well, I've got my friends I can hang out and get online with, talk about fandom, talk about the geek stuff and reinforces the fact that we're, none of us are alone and that we feel a sense of community, whether you're into mm-hmm. star Wars, whether you're into ghostbusters, that's what keeps me going. That's, mm-hmm. that's, that's my driver. And of course, you know, when all of this pandemic stuff clears up, being able to get back in costume after we after I drop about 20 pounds, being able to get back in costume, <laughs> <laughs> dropping my pandemic weight, yeah, get back in costume and actually get back out there and, uh, you know, make kids smile, make adults smile, make everybody happy. 
The two big things for me growing up is always, of course, Ghostbusters, obviously, and of course, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Something about <laughs> groups of four in the 80s, some reason like, it <laughs> controlled me, you know? And now, and now there's four of us on this podcast. Exactly. It's, Here it's we go. You're like, so comfortable. <laughs> yes, it's it's four. It's the the four is the magic number, really. But um, no, like I said uh, with Ghost, like I said, I would say Ghost. My big things, of course, Ghostbusters, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which I will always love, and even if some iterations are better than the others, I will always love Turtles. And then something I've really embraced over the last couple of years has been, of course, you know, I've always played games. I'm a big gamer. I've you know I've been playing games since the Atari and original NES, and now I've dived more into it. Recently, the last couple of years, been doing a lot of retro gaming, collecting, and I've met some people through um, Twitter and other places have been doing it, and that's kind of what I've been doing. Of course, like I said, I was shameless plug my Twitch. You know, I've been playing Twitch, which is fun. Like we'll play <laughs> stuff, but that's mostly like it's it's my original intention was it for to me do something that's turned into me and my now six, at the time of this six year old son playing video games, and him saying all kinds of weird stuff just to get me laughing and to make everybody else laugh. <laughs> Yo, doggo gamer. Yes, doggo gamer. Oh, and okay. it works too. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. It's hilarious. Yeah. It's very funny. Yeah, like I said, he, he like said, yeah, it's supposed to be my Twitch channel, but he's kind of he's stolen the show from me, but I'm you know okay <laughs> with it. But yeah, that's uh Ghostbusting is still my primary thing. I, I still think will always be my primary fandom. Like I said, Ghostbusters is I've always like I liked it, loved the movie, had all the toys growing up as a kid, and like Jessica said, as we got older and got into the teenage years it kind of got pushed on the back burner because i was more worried about other things i mean like i said meeting a girl and all all that good fun stuff but then you know in my 20s and then you know things kind of got uh there uh, more i guess i got all the craziness out of my way of the life and then i kind of came back to square one and starting to more embrace that stuff that i loved as a kid and didn't really go over the limit with it. And then I decided to go over the limit with it, with, with a costume, build a proton pack, uh, <laughs> find very like-minded folks like these great people I'm talking with here to be even, be even more over the limit with. But uh, on that now, like I said, my geeky fandom is try to do that and go broke buying old games and toys now. So and we're eventually going to launch a video version where you can actually see us chatting. And when you see Bo's background, Kevin <laughs> has a bunch of Star Wars in his background, including a, a full-size mannequin with, with Boba Fett armor. And uh, we, uh, Jessica and I have to set up our space. I'll just put it that way. Um, but Bo, <laughs> Bo's got all kinds of, of retro video games on his shelves. He's got Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle figures. I see real Ghostbusters figures back there. Yeah, so we definitely live that life. For sure. Well, Jess, okay. what, uh, what floats your boat? <laughs> I'm the type of person where if you don't ever ask me to tell you what my favorite movie is, or my favorite song, or my favorite band. I have so many. I can tell you the movies, but for me to rank this stuff, don't even go there with me because I it's too vast for me to narrow down. So, with that being said, we've got Disney. I am more Marvel than I am DC. I like DC, but I love Marvel more. Star Wars, Star Trek, Ghostbusters, Back to the Future, TV shows. Walking Dead, The Office, Parks and Rec, Schitt's Creek. Uh, I also have a love for old school WWF yep. wrestling. You're uh, going to hear a lot of wrestling on this podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and Jess, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> to really sum this up the best way, I have a love 
a massive love for 80s pop culture. That's really primarily what my radio stays on. I hardly know anything that's current as far as music goes because I stay so much in the past with my music. And for fun, I also want to um, ask you guys the question, is Bucky's a fandom for me? Because I feel like it kind of is now at this point it's in my turned life. into it. <laughs> yeah. no, it is and it is now. I mean, hey, our, our, our bank account reflects it. Trust me, it's a fandom. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if, if you've ever been to Bucky's, it kind of demands a fandom. I mean, when you can go and you can get 90 to 100 different varieties of beef jerky, that's hey, absolutely but, amazing. Hey, but they were actually out of the beef jerky that we have gotten the last couple they, of times. Oh, they broke my heart. We, we, we've been <laughs> buying teriyaki beef jerky, and it's been great. It was nowhere to be found today. All the nowhere. The shelves were, were empty. Did Your you word of mouth it? has been working. <laughs> I like Bo. What was that you were telling me earlier when we were talking I, about Bucky's? I, I, today? I'm trying to word it, re- reword it correctly, but I was going to say Bucky's is essentially if Walmart was a gas convenience store, but they had standards. That's you know, it. Uh, That's it. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. No disrespect and- to our Walmart workers, but we, we 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 know you guys work hard, but you know how it is. <laughs> yes. Hey, you so, know I I, I, I worked Walmart for. Six years. Um, I know that you know you can become a soulless drone there, so it's okay. Oh yeah, well I mean yeah. Hey, I understand it's you know yeah. Everybody works hard. Everybody has a fun day. So yeah. Yeah, but you know, I'm and like I said, gosh, I'm sorry if anybody works for Walmart, and I apologize, but you know, Walmart is one of those places that you have to go to. You don't want to go there most of the time, but you have to go there. Because it's your all-in-one. I can yeah. get just about almost everything I need at this place. So, uh, don't worry, Jessica. We'll never have Walmart as a sponsor, so it'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh darn. And 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 if you're if you're a modern day toy collector, especially during this, <laughs> during the oh. pandemic and everything, oh. and oh, you've got you've got a line of toys that you want that's a Walmart exclusive. You learn to hate Walmart really quickly. Yeah. Really. You know, maybe just so particular than- our Walmarts because I see all these oh. tweets and pictures of other states and everybody's got their nice lovingly display of 8 million things of the 1990s Ninja Turtles I am currently trying to <laughs> I get. Was, we have yeah. struck a nerve now with the turtles, uh, with the turtles yeah. situation. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we went to four Walmarts in our area yesterday trying to find Bo. These NECA turtle figures, these two packs, because he missed out on them the first time, and we are trying desperately to help this man, and they were nowhere to be found. No. And everybody is tweeting at NECA with these pictures, like, oh, look, we've got them all over these end caps and everything else. <laughs> and the uh, the Birmingham, Alabama Walmart stores, I don't know if it's, if it's a distribution issue or just... Okay, we're not touching on this. I haven't gotten my fandoms yet. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah, well, I think okay. This will go yeah. the rest of the podcast. So, yeah, so, we'll we'll, so we'll box can go our... back over here. <laughs> let's uh, let's put blinders on these horse and get yeah. it back in the yeah. direction. Yeah, let's we were let's in. let's kind of let's kind of corral. That's my fault. I'm sorry. That's uh, we okay. So close to a tangent. I know what so I did. So close to a tangent. <laughs> let's corral Bo's nerd rage a little bit. <laughs> Believe me, that topic will be prevalent in future episodes and. I'll say one more thing before we move on to Brock's fandom. The, this is the point that Brock and I have reached in our life with the amount of Walmarts that we tend to visit. We have this mm. conversation. You know what? This was a nicer Walmart than such and such. Or this Walmart was more <laughs> terrible than the other. So we're in this compare and contrast situation because we get to venture to all these Walmarts in our 
toy hunts. Walmart so, madness. Exactly. Yes, exactly. <sighs> so <laughs> so I anyway, what okay. the, uh, I wonder what the socioeconomic uh, situation is in this area because their Walmart <laughs> kind of sucks. Yeah. Dude, dude, let me it, tell you, we have gone to several Walmarts recently and I've said, okay, this isn't an area I wouldn't mind living in based off that Walmart. <laughs> mm-hmm. Kevin, the one in Chelsea gets pretty good points too. We've said that's dude, a nice Walmart. I mean, yeah. I used to live in Chelsea and the, the, that Walmart is absolutely phenomenal. I've been told that if you're a single guy and you have an animal or something like that, it's like, that's the place you go to find single guys. It's like, it's only single guys that shop there. And, and, I, and I didn't know it at the time when I lived there and I was a single guy. So apparently that was, I was shopping at the right place. But since then I've moved a little bit further down and the Walmart that I had that's that's closer here, let's just say I still yeah. drive to Chelsea for my Walmart. Yeah. Uh. Well, sorry this, about the whole Walmart tangent. Yeah, this thing. is our co- oh, this, this covers the Walmart fandom of all of them. <laughs> <laughs> we we have a lot of fandoms. Walmart's and iffy. <laughs> I can just I can just imagine our listeners going, "Yeah, Walmart sucks." <laughs> <laughs> Dang, these guys really don't like Walmart. <laughs> oh, like I said, as a as a Gen X toy collector right now, you learn to hate Walmart pretty We've quickly. gone from Bama geeks to Bama grief. Yeah. <laughs> you know what really grinds my gears? <laughs> oh, man. My. Okay. Hey, my, my sweetheart needs to discuss yes, his fandoms now. Hey. hey, babe, what are oh. your fandoms? Hey, bro, oh, bro, well, don't, don't try not to say Walmart at all. Okay. Yeah. okay. All right. <laughs> Namaste, Mart. All right. Here we go. <laughs> well, for, for me, back in the, back in the late seventies, mom and dad, and my mom and dad are as country as country can get, but mom and dad grew up in the country, you know, miles away from the closest town. So it was kind of, we still would drive a few miles over to the next town and they would take me, you know, to see you know, Star Trek II, the Wrath of Khan. And they took me to see Star Wars back in the late seventies, early eighties. And they really weren't that much into it. And I don't know if it's just because they had me as a kid that they, they humored that, but they would take me to see these movies, you know, ET and everything. And so that really is what started me off was Star Trek. Star Trek is my very first love in life. And Batman, you know, the old the old Batman 66 series uh, and cartoons with Scooby-Doo and all that. That that was my, my second love. So Batman and Star Trek is where my fandom began. And then, of course, Star Wars was was right thereafter. Like, like we said, being 80s kids, He-Man, uh, Transformers. I even threw some GoBots in there. Uh, <laughs> you know, the knockoff Transformers. Um, <laughs> you know... Uh, I, I loved all that, uh, you know, growing up, like Bo said, with, with retro video games. Uh, those are certainly things that I love. Uh, probably two of the biggest things to come out of the 80s, probably the three biggest things to come out of the 80s, naturally, Back to the Future, Batman 89 with Michael Keaton, Jack mm-hmm. Nicholson. Then a little movie also in 1989. Of course, Ghostbusters. Can't forget Ghostbusters. My bad. My bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shame on me! How dare, how dare you! That, that's, wow. that's taken up so much of my adult life. Uh, <laughs> Ghostbusters for sure. Ghostbusters is way up there. <laughs> but a little movie back in 1989 is what grabs my heart 
probably more than more than <laughs> a lot of these things. And I'm 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 okay to say that I'm a 44 year old man who has an intense love for the Little Mermaid. <laughs> Darn! I was going to say you were going to do say UHF. Uh, See, hey man, I was not I, I, not I was a bad say, I was going to say Uncle Buck, but. oh but yeah little mermaid with me is is one of my uh, yeah if you know me you know this story if you're just getting to know us little mermaid you will hear me talk about from time to time and wonder like i said why this mid-40s man's talking about a disney movie like that but uh in, in the early 90s i was in drum and bugle corps uh, Southwind Drum and Bugle Corps. We were out of Montgomery, Alabama. We toured around the nation, competing in Drum Corps International. A lot of corps from around the world uh, competed. Well, that year we won a world championship in our class. You had three classes that competed. We were in the middle class, and uh, we won the world championship. Went undefeated with the show, music shows like you know it's a professional marching band. If you want to know what Drum Corps is, we did the music from the little mermaid. So I've got a world championship ring and medals and great memories. And so, uh, from doing that music. So Ariel and the little mermaid hold a very special place in my heart. The following year we did Robin mm-hmm. hood, the music from, from that movie. And that has just an equally uh, special place in my heart because uh, we won the world championship in 91 with little mermaid. And we won it in 92 with Robin hood, uh, Prince of thieves. So, uh, those are, those are my big ones. Um, I kind of, kind of died off of star Wars a little bit in recent years, but ever since they started the Mandalorian, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm right back in it as yeah. I'm sure most, most people are. What, what a classic show. So those are, you know, and of course I have a lot of other interests, but yeah, primarily you know, I, I love the Marvel movies, never been a big Marvel comics fan. I've been more of a DC comics fan as far as comic yeah. books and things of that nature. So I relate better to the DC comic characters, but love all the Marvel stuff that's happened, uh, of course, over recent years. But yeah, if, if I have to if I have to put my money down on what's going to get me excited to collect or get me excited to talk about, it's going to be Batman, Star Trek, Little Mermaid, Ghostbusters. I think those four would would do it. When we talk about the things that we like, going it's going back to me, but breaking it down, you know, as far as Disney and those of you that know me, it's Frozen is is my first and foremost. It, it's my love. I'll buy anything from a box of Cheez Its with the characters on it to a I've got a Kleenex box. I even I found a huge Easter basket bucket for a dollar, but it had Frozen on it, so I bought it. <laughs> oh man, um, Jess, Jessica, could, could you imagine if one day they do another Frozen movie and then Bucky's actually does like the promotions and stuff and shit? Perfect. You'll be in heaven. <laughs> man, I'm telling you. Oh my I gosh. mean, it, it doesn't get any better than that now, does it? <laughs> do you want to go to Bucky's? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, let's go and eat. <laughs> yeah, cartoon beaver, man, I tell you. <laughs> and Je- Jessica and I are are actually Anna and Christoph cosplayers. Yeah, is that yeah. a good segue into our costuming interests? Yeah, sure. Yeah, we can Look segue. See, see, see how this works. Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> it's called a segue. Well, why don't you guys? Uh, why don't you guys expand on that a little bit on, on your cosplays? Your, yeah. your your group cosplay. 
Well, of course, you know, like with all four of us, Ghostbusters is right there. That's how we all met each other, as we said, and that's Mm -hmm. what we do. Uh, Outside of that, like Jess said, we do Frozen, we do Anna and Kristoff. When we met Jody Benson, the voice of Ariel from The Little Mermaid a couple of years ago at Fanboy in Knoxville, uh, that was my birthday present from Jess that year, was to be able Mm -hmm. to meet Jody for the first time. Yep. And uh, for, we, we had did it. Had had built the costume for DragonCon, but mm-hmm. uh, she wore it up there. Uh, we made her an aerial Ghostbuster proton pack that's purple, green, gold, you know, with with fish scales on the cyclotron area and everything else. Seashells um, and yeah, seashells as yeah. We'll we'll try to post pictures on the the Bama Geeks Facebook page, and we'll we'll make sure we give you guys all the socials for that stuff uh, in just a bit, but. Yeah, we made her a, an aerial. We we have a Back to the Future couples cosplay that we're going to be doing at some point in the future. Um, <laughs> or in the can, past. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so we, we got several things that we're going to do mm-hmm. uh, whenever conventions come back around, which it looks like they're they're starting to. Uh, so that that's primarily our, our costuming interest, of course, uh, thanks to Bo. Uh, got me into Mass Effect, uh, the video game series, and so, <laughs> which is is about to be remastered and released here Ooh, in about a yes, month yes, and a half. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, we're we're both excited for that. Uh, <laughs> neither Bo nor I will see anybody in the public for quite a while when when the yeah. remastered trilogy comes out. Because um, my backlog of games was not long enough already. So yeah, no, <laughs> no kidding. So, but but yeah, back in uh, 2000, 2014... Uh, I I spent from 2013 to 2014 in between Dragon Cons making uh, Commander Shepard armor, and uh, I got Bill Duran who uh, look, uh, search out uh, Punished Props Academy. Uh, Bill is a fantastic builder maker, and um, also I, I met him through the Mass Effect community as well. And uh, he built the the M98 Widow sniper rifle for me. I commissioned him for that, so I've got a big nice mass effect sniper rifle uh, to go along with that so that's pretty much the, the costuming interest that that i've had uh i i thought about thought about trying to do more getting ready for the next convention during the pandemic but uh yeah that's just not happened so i'll, I'll get back into it when all this is over and we actually i have a proper workshop hopefully here in the next few months as brock said you know of course me and him we do the on and Kristoff. i have the on a coronation dress outfit. So that's been my primary on a costume. Of course, I, I hope that once we get back and uh, the conventions come back full swing and, and uh, as Kevin did say that, you know, the pandemic is uh, as much as I hate to bring up this topic, pandemic has added a few pounds in the last year. So Jessica's got to kind of get some motivated and get back to, uh, do some uh, where she wants to get into some costumes, but anyway, that's we're we're gonna get off that tangent. You still so, look good. Uh, and you're still tiny. It's okay. That, thank you, honey. I have the crossover Ariel with the Ghostbusters costume. They're the next crossover costume that I would like to uh, put together is where I have seen Anna mashed with the Mandalorian. There's been uh, several cosplayers out there in the world uh, that are doing these that are meshing the Disney princesses with the Mandalorian look. I really like that. So that is a, uh, that is a costuming goal of mine. 
along with there's so many different costumes that came out of the Frozen 2 movie. I just kind of maybe need to narrow down which one I want to do, which I'm probably targeting the traveling Anna first because I feel that it will be the, the most comfortable and more easily to maneuver in costumes. The coronation dress is beautiful, but it does have its maneuvering disabilities to it at times, as well as when I'm toting around the aerial Ghostbuster proton pack, it has the large trident at the end, which people don't pay attention to and they bump into. So I end up holding it most of the time because I don't want nobody to break my precious little proton pack there. We can give you stories, oh, yeah. stories <laughs> upon stories of of being in parades and, <sighs> and con crowds with, with the proton uh, ones and just how limited yeah. to it's not limited yeah. to trident themed yeah. proton um, packs. Seriously, one of my costumes over here is a Tuscan Raider. I have a gaffy stick that legitimately Birch. has solid <laughs> steel ends to it and you're walking around in the tuscan raider essentially if you were to take toilet paper tubes and like hold them up to your eyes and look out <laughs> that's essentially what you see so you're carrying a weapon that yeah. can literally kill somebody and it you're hurts. trying to keep with limited sight yeah <laughs> um <laughs> i've also got of course my my ghostbusters my normal ghostbusters costume and uh hopefully at one some point in time i will have a proton pack to go along with that the only other thing that we've tossed around ideas, and I actually, I talked to Brock about this even before WandaVision became what it was. But I, I said, if I ever, you know, had a costume, a Marvel female, I gravitated more towards Wanda Maximoff. And I was looking at that point more at the Civil War costume for Wanda. Now, Miss Maximoff has uh, taken off in a big way. And I don't want to seem like I just jumped on the wanda maximoff scarlet witch bandwagon this has actually been a thought of mine for a couple of years now but now i really love those costumes that came out of that series if you were to say i literally just wanted to start doing it right now because of the costume that she had in that last episode i think that would be okay as well because the costume (laughs) was phenomenal that was spoilers if if anyone hasn't seen wandavision by now but her her actual Scarlet Witch costume uh, is uh, out of this world. It is gorgeous. It is beautiful. And, I love my and, wife, but man, I love me some Scarlet Witch. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you put those two together, I'm a happy guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bo, um, do you, do you, Bo, do you want to hit on, on what you, you're doing with your uh, costumes? <laughs> oh, well, mainly with me, it's always been Ghostbuster, of course. I've done like a darker suit, not an actual authentic charcoal gray, but I've got a the GB2 black suit. I've got a couple of the khaki suits. I've always had a bunch of a bunch of costume wishes, but I'm always terrible at procrastinations, which one of these days I'm going to get better at. But, you know, um, <laughs> I, I'm, back before I started growing my beard and had the uh, the, the just the the chin stash. The chin stash, as I like to call it. I, I was tempted to do the Zod armor from Man of Steel, which I still may one day because I have a, like a boatload pile of Eva foam to build build armor out with. Eventually, I would like to do that still one day. We tried for so long to get you to do that because this guy was yeah. Michael Shannon right up and down. <laughs> yeah. Very much. And I still may try to do it. I mean, it's it's it had the the perfect mix of the chin stash and uh, falls in with my gaming. My other costumes I still want to do one day is like I, I still would like to do some Mass Effect armor. Me and Brock talked about combining Mass Effect and Ghostbusters to be Geth Busters. There's a race oh. of race of uh, alien robots in Mass Effect, which you know you could u- use to play on words instead of Ghostbusters, Geth Busters. But, Shepard uh, Commander. Yep. 
<laughs> but though, probably my big video game armor I would love to do. Like, so I'm a big big fan of the Gears of War series. That's kind of been like of the modern era. That's probably my favorite series. It's come out in the last uh, came out in 08, so 13, 14 years, I guess. I can't math right now, but um, but uh, that's been the one of the armors I would love to do that wise. But uh, like Ghostbusters, my wife and I we did a couple's costume at Dragon Con 2011 of uh, characters from the Left for Dead game. Mm-hmm. She was Zoe, and I was uh, a nice biker guy who go, who has the lovely name of Francis. So, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I did see you though. You did branch out a little bit. What when you're at Dragon? Oh, yes. You did. You did Kevin Owens. Yes, Kevin hey, Owens from cur- current off. WWE superstar. Yes, I. He's a he's a bearded. Um, not would not say he's a huskier guy that was more my build, which is fun. Which I'm now. I'm very tempted. I'm enjoying Bray Wyatt's character currently. Is either his mm-hmm. like his Mister Rogers persona type, or maybe the Fiend. Maybe one day. I don't know. I need more wrestling stuff. But it's <laughs> yeah. maybe if I slim down some more, maybe I can be my dream of being Macho Man Randy Savage one day. Oh, <laughs> hey, uh, there was talk or there was consideration that you could pull off a, a young Jerry Lawler. That is true. I have there is some foot pictures of Jerry Lawler in his younger days. I'm like, you know what? That is true. I need to, uh-huh. and I want to say he has that shirt. That's what it was. It Geek Nerd Busters or something. Uh, Wimp uh, Busters. Wimp Busters. That's Wimp that. Busters. Yeah. And it, <laughs> everyone listening, Brock is is apparently got a list of of images he's going to have to put up now, so that we can, <laughs> so that we can get some reference on these things that we're mentioning. <laughs> but like, like a lot of my costume aspects, like uh, what happened with me is like in this time frame over the last five or six years, I became a father and like. Um, a lot of those things, you know, like that's what the good thing about, it, you know, I still embrace this stuff from childhood, but you know what? I've got, I've got my son and that's been kind of been my big mm-hmm. primary thing, but thankfully now he, you know, he's progressed where he's now, or he likes to spend time with dad, but then he does his own thing and yep. school, school responsibility. So now dad has time to kind of do things again. So <laughs> maybe I can finally get that procrastination list taken care of, but that's. Maybe um, you'll start tomorrow on that. Uh, well, I got to work tomorrow, but maybe, you know, Wednesday or. Yeah. Something, I, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get to it eventually. Yeah, I'll get to it. Sure. I think uh, it, it's not a stretch to say I've probably been doing this semi in the public longer than uh, all three of you. Yeah, uh, I've, yeah. yeah I, I think I started. I had my first costume that I did uh, that I had in public uh, was in uh, 2002. I think. Yeah, it would have been 2001, 2002, and it was a Dark Jedi that was modeled after Anakin Skywalker because you know, big Star Wars fan. And then it just went from there. I actually, of all the fandoms that I mentioned recent, uh, that, that previously, um, you can basically pick all the major characters out of there. I've pretty much done them all. I have done more different characters of, of all the all these different fandoms. But probably the one that I've done, uh, oddly enough, the one that I've done the least with is actually the one that I know these people from, and that is Ghostbusters. Although I'm working on changing that eventually, um, but uh, more than anything, it's it's uh, it's I don't even remember all the costumes I have. I've got, uh, I've got Harry Potter professional Quidditch costume. Uh, I've got uh, Aperture Lab scientist with a portal gun. Uh, that's a video game. It's called Portal. And you know, I've, I've got my Boba Fett armor that we mentioned earlier that I mentioned earlier, and then um, Tusken Raider Jedi. I've I pirate. I've got like a, a full on pirate costume. I've kind of been all over the place and 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 dabbling in all the different kinds of fandoms, and it has been a ride. It has been absolutely fantastic. I think one of the last things I remember seeing you in, uh, you did the Brightburn 
and yes uh, then <laughs> yeah. you then one year you did the uh the lucha libre boba yeah fett, i actually the, um yeah boba. i actually have a luchador version of boba fett yeah. called el boba yeah boba. <laughs> yeah those were good yeah. he uh yeah he brought the brightburn costume to the last magic city con that we had yeah um golly it was two years ago now mm-hmm. and thankfully thankfully the tickets just went on sale for that uh, here in yes. Birmingham, Magic City Con. That's one of our mm-hmm. favorite conventions. We've been with them since the beginning, and the tickets mm-hmm. and hotels just went on sale for that. Man, I, I can't believe cons are about to are about to start back it, up. It, so it was actually really cool because uh, this this okay. past year was the first year I've, I've I just recently moved um, into my current house, and um, I went full out. I had uh, my house had has a, a triple window in the front of it. And we had a, had a projector running where skeletons were running across. And I did this like a month leading up to Halloween because Halloween is my favorite holiday. So everyone knew you came to Kevin's house if you wanted to get candy. Cause this dude <laughs> obviously is going to have the candy. So here you picture me, I've got like a, a nice long drive, uh, driveway and then a nice long sidewalk that you have to walk across. And this guy's sitting on his porch in front of all these skeletons dancing behind him in, in bright bird costume. I'm wearing my bright burn mask and my everything. And I've got the contact sense. So my eyes are like, like, like they're glowing and, you know, kids are coming up and it's like, they're legitimately scared to get candy <laughs> from me. And it was like the greatest feeling in the world. And it kind of gave me just a little bit of that fix that we weren't able to get last year because yeah. we weren't able to go to any conventions. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. <laughs> I'm so happy that that convention seemed to be turning the corner. I know uh, San Diego comic-con is not happening uh, Momocon was pushed back until December, or at least a version of it back until yeah. December. Mm-hmm. Magic City Con here in Birmingham is going to hit in June, right? Yeah. Yeah. Ju- so, yeah. yeah. Usually Father's and, Day weekend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Pensacon. Pensacon. When is Pensacon? They were, were going to do it down in Pensacola. I, I, I think it's still on. I don't remember if it's happened yet or not. It, I think it's supposed it to be. Was usually, it was year. usually in February. Usually yeah. it was traditionally in February. It's, it's going to be later. May 21st through 23rd this year. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. And then, of course, in, in April, Huntsville, Huntsville Comic. Uh, well, I'm going to butcher this, and apologies to my friends in Huntsville. Uh, Huntsville Comic Expo, something. We've, we've got a friend who is an agent for, uh, for a lot of celebrities, a lot of uh, convention guests. He's going to be up there. So we're, we're going to go see him one of those days in, in April. Huntsville mm-hmm. Comic and Pop Culture Expo, yeah. That's so it. that we yeah. so that we don't get hate mail. That's the official <laughs> name. Some stuff we can edit, make sound good, like we know what we're talking about, right? Mm. <laughs> no, you can, so. you can you can like like do like the, the scratch or it's like, and what Mark really meant was Huntsville Comic <laughs> and Pop Culture Expo. That's right. We just <laughs> no. hey, mostly it was just like we know it's a con, we know it's going to be in this city, we know it's going to be this date. We'll figure out yeah. everything else later, but. I think that's the first one that me and me and Brock are gonna go to this year, and we'll probably nice. be up on the probably going up that Saturday. Uh, yeah, we're gonna. So if, gonna be if you guys want to ride up with us, that um, is a work weekend for me. But yes. I'm gonna see what, what magic I can wear. That's that's see, unfortunately, that's my luck. I work every other weekend, and every <laughs> cool, fun event I want to go to is my work weekend. Hooray! Yay! <laughs> yay work. Everybody's yay. going yay. I'm going to go boo. <laughs> well, you know, well, it's a really we, enthusiastic we, we, yeah, yeah, I would say, yeah, it's kind of like yay is in 
<laughs> yeah, I like my employment, but dang, I hate to be there. Yeah. It's, it's again, of- it's the Taurus and Leo thing. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're in the sarcasm. You're just a lot more blunt about it. <laughs> and uh, Alabama. Boy, has Comic that gotten Con. me in trouble over the years. And uh, Alabama Comic Con announced they're going to uh, October 9th and 10th, I believe. Fanboy Expo in Knoxville is also going to be happening in October. I hope that they don't overlap. Because mm-hmm. the year we went to go see Jody at Fanboy in Knoxville was July of 2019. That weekend was Fanboy, was Atlanta Comic Con, was Alabama Comic Con. What was the fourth one that we wanted to go to? <sighs> there there I don't, were four it, conventions that one weekend. I know it was and, loaded up and we were locked into Fanboy because we had already, there was Jody and we had the tickets and all of that. So oh, I wasn't going to miss mean, Jody. Jody we was my gonna, number one. <laughs> Jody I mean, was my all-time number one bucket list, but we wanted to see, I wanted to meet from Mass Effect, Liara, Allie Hills. Allie Hills, yes. Yeah. Yeah. She, she was going to be at Atlanta Comic Con and I had mm-hmm. Mass Effect, Liara. Yeah. That, that, that's, that's my go-to in-game romance. I love Liara. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I was going to meet her, but both thankfully went because the four guys, the four original voice actors for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles <laughs> was there. So Bo went to Atlanta Comic Con Got yeah. to do the, the the turtles meet and greet with those guys. He picked me up a, a, a autograph photo of, of Allie. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was that was a fun Saturday morning. He, on top of the four turtles being there, also Kevin Conroy was there. So that was another like. <gasps> yes. I, that's I, right. I, I yeah, got to yeah. right. I got to meet the, pretty much the voices of some of my favorite heroes all within a span. And uh. I was a third. Uh, see, that was what two years ago. So that would be a thirty-seven-year-old puddle of kitty nostalgia <laughs> like like i like, so we'll have to share the photo you got we- like I have, I have the biggest cheesy grin on my face when i get my photo made with the turtles <laughs> like rob rob paulson uh Townsend coleman barry gordy and hold on uh uh, uh hold on uh, leo i always forget his name I forget, uh, cam clark <laughs> <laughs> well atlanta comic-con Bar- brock and i went the first year they they started that because that mm-hmm. was the uh yeah. year they brought matthew lewis um mr neville longbottom as a guest that year and that was brock's daughter has moved on a little bit she loves she still loves the love for harry potter but she really loved harry potter then and so we that was the first year like of atlanta comic-con and we Your son got to meet the voice of mario mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and it was a really it was a really great con we were we were impressed with yeah. the how they handled things that was also uh Paige o'hara there the uh-huh. uh, bell from beauty and the beast and also linda larkin jasmine yep. from aladdin Wow. That was uh, when I met Leah Thompson, and uh, I finally Sean Aston. Sean Aston was the first time I met Sean Aston, and had uh, had photos made with them. So it was a great con that year, and, and we were really impressed with them. And that's why we were so disappointed coming up on that next year that they were having all those cons were taking place in the same weekend we were going to be fanboy because. I mean, but like Brock y'all, said, y'all, was, y'all got to space gonna... these out. <laughs> well, see, that, yeah. that's the, that goes back to where I was talking about earlier. You know, even just with Alabama in general, you know, we had conventions, but not that many. Now we're now we have the first world problem of oh, there's like too many conventions this weekend. I can't go to all of them. <laughs> well, and the, and the bad thing there is is that we've seen in the past where you'd have really good conventions, like for example, you know, we would have uh, you know uh, ones here in in Birmingham, then you would have one that was you know in one of the smaller cities off to the you know, the east or the west or whatever from Birmingham, and they would just kind of like divide up the fan base because you'd have people that were committed to go here because they said they would set up a table or do something. Mm -hmm. And then they kind of would like pull from each other. So, you know, that's that always happens with conventions, but it's actually kind of coming around to that. 
that's not a bad problem to have. No. Really, I mean, it's it's the, good the, to know that we have so many conventions that they fight over attendees. That's <laughs> awesome in a way, though. But the one thing is, like you know, say there's a certain day I can only go. Say I can only go to the convention Saturday, which is cool. But then that guest that I want to see is only going to be there Sunday because they're doing mm -hmm. the other convention that weekend. So it's kind of you know, it's a it's a good problem, but you know what I mean. I'm going to yeah. I'm a personal nitpick there, but that's me. But I'm I, I'm happy there's those options there. And it, it's been really hard as with everybody, you know, no matter just normal life with people over mm -hmm. this past year of the pandemic, you yeah. know, as a lot of personal losses, things of that nature. But from a costuming and convention loving geek, you know, for us not having those cons, it's been devastating mm -hmm. uh, yeah. for, our, for our social, our social needs. Yeah. I mean, yeah. when when we first got together, you know, when when I first met Brock, and when you know, then when I first, when I met Bo, the whole thing was around we all like Ghostbusters, and we want to costume together in order mm -hmm. to make Ghostbusters a more formidable fandom in Alabama. And one of the ways that you do that, one of the primary ways that you get in front of people, is at conventions. Yeah. And we exactly. and and the really neat thing was was uh, we as a group. Alabama Ghostbusters kind of took several years off. Um, we we kind of fell flat. Didn't really weren't really doing a whole lot of of events. And then all of a sudden, we get together and we have probably the biggest attendance of any event, any social event that we've had since we started <laughs> at, at my little townhouse in Chelsea, where I lived at the time. And we get all get together, and then we were we were all feeling it. We were feeling great. It was like, yeah. man, this is about to start oh, happening man. again. And then, bam, here comes Granddaddy COVID. <laughs> a month later. Yeah, we we yeah. all met at, at Kevin's place February of 2020. Mm -hmm. And because everybody was anticipating, oh, my goodness, Ghostbusters Afterlife, the new movie yep. from Jason Reitman. <laughs> it's coming. We've got to ramp up the fandom. We've got to get busy. We've got to get out there. And COVID said, oh, hi. Oh, hi. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry and, to uh, right now your parade. Af Afterlife has been pushed back three times. <laughs> yes. Yep. And so this upcoming November, we're finally hopefully going to get it. I, I I feel certain we're going to. I mean, yeah, I think uh, yeah. Yeah, Sony Sony has been very patient with this, and Sony is mm -hmm. doing this the right way. Uh, yeah. A lot of people have been aggravated with these movies getting pushed back and everything else, and you know. Some movies have gone to online streaming platforms that we really wanted to see in theaters. Mm -hmm. But Sony's like, no, this is going to be a special one. This is one yeah. that needs to be seen in the theaters. We're going to keep holding off. And I applaud them for that. And so we were getting ramped up, like yeah. Evan said. We were going to mm -hmm. be out there full force all year promoting it. Uh, several of us were going to go to the premiere. And uh, yeah, yeah, so we may have gotten together a couple of times during the pandemic, you know, to play the Ghostbusters board game. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But you know, not on the scale. Yeah. Not on the scale like we had been. And that was, it was, was kind of like touching on the whole, the, the, the need for the socialization with everyone together. Cause it, we were having these get togethers. We were, we were eating, we were playing board games. We were talking and, and interacting and, and that just being together and having that outlet to, to yeah. hang with each other. Yeah, that goes back to like when, you know, we we're back when we were younger, you know, it was not cool to be a geek. So, you know, we didn't, you know, you, 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 you may have had one other geeky friend at school with you. Now we're, you yeah. know, we're older and we, you know, we've all had that shared experience of, you know, where you were, you were, you were different, but now, you know, you were all different together, if that makes sense. Yes. Oh, yeah. That, that and I, yeah. 
And I know a lot of, you know, y'all have been in the convention world and been immersed in the convention world longer than I had. But for me, that going to DragonCon that first year in, you know, 2016, I didn't know what to expect. I just knew that people were going to be dressed up and hanging out. But as I got there and I met people and I talked to people and I got to know people, I came out of 2016 with some amazing friendships with people like Katie Ambrose. So I, I remember Sunday that year I was there. I just happened to see her at the fan table and she was wearing a Nick and Norman's t-shirt. And I was like, oh, so, okay, yeah, there's a Walking Dead. I just went up to her and the first things I said with her, I just want to tell you I love your shirt. And that blossomed into, I consider one of my closest friends and, and a good friendship there. And we laugh about it. I said, I'm so glad I was not socially awkward. And I took, the, I took that opportunity to talk to you because look at where we're at now. Now it gets to the point I want a costume and I, I, I think about costuming, but I'm more excited about Dragon Con has become family reunion for yeah, me. I've, I, 100% I, agree with that. I understand that. I crave that weekend because there's people I get to see that I only get to see in person once a year. Mm-hmm. And I, I won't be surprised if they hold off another year and I can understand why it'll be okay. But you realize in this last year, everybody is going through this. We understand why we're doing things. We can be aggravated that things are not happening, mm-hmm. but I, I get why we're doing it. I mean, you yeah. know, yeah. The good thing with being able to do things over Zoom and, and mm-hmm. Skype and all these mm-hmm. things is a lot of us have gotten together virtually yeah. and been able to yeah. sit down for hours and chat. We, When DragonCon <laughs> hit, we all sat there, all, yep. the ton of us who always get together at DragonCon. We had this massive Zoom chat, uh, New Year's Eve. I think we rang in New <laughs> yep. Year's. Yeah, New Year's. we did. With it, with everybody on Zoom, yeah, you know, so it's not the same as being able to hug necks and and hang out, but at least we've had that option. But we're going to get back yeah. there for yeah. sure. We'll get there. You know, that's where we are with conventions and looking forward to things that are coming up. And then the good people that we love will be very happy to see them very soon. We've gone through a lot of introductions for us, and that was the whole point of this first episode of the podcast and the meat and potatoes of what Bama Geeks is all about is just for us to shoot the breeze on things that we love. And of course, a lot of things as we're all sitting at our homes still uh, during the pandemic and trying to to wait this thing out. There's a lot of things to watch, thankfully. Uh, it was kind of dry mm-hmm. there for a while, but man, have we kicked up lately. Uh, WandaVision wrapped up a couple of weeks ago as of this recording. Falcon and Winter Soldier just uh, had their first episode. So here's big spoiler warning. We're going to discuss these things uh, in our podcasts, and we're going to discuss a little bit now. So you've heard the word spoiler warning, and now I'm just rambling to give you enough time to decide whether or not you want to keep going with this. But here we go. Well, I guess we can talk about WandaVision. And man, as I mentioned earlier, (laughs) I adore Elizabeth Olsen. I'm sorry. That woman is wonderful as Scarlet Witch, as Wanda. And for the longest time, the only Marvel hot toy figure the one six scale figure from sideshow collectibles the only one that i had was scarlet witch the very first uh, hot toy figure from i have iron man from from endgame now and captain america's coming but yeah wanda wanda's been my marvel love like everybody i guess when the, you know this started off you know what is what is wandavision about you didn't really yeah. didn't know where they were going with this and even in the first two episodes you're still thinking okay what's what what am i watching where are we going i don't fully understand 
And a lot of people bailed at that point. I, I kind of flabbergasted me because I'm like, you're you're giving up two episodes in. And I don't know if it's just because of this self-gratification kind of society we live in now where a lot of shows will drop an entire season yeah. in, in one sitting and you can mm-hmm. binge watch it. And it's kind of like we've lost the ability to kind of be patient with with yeah. TV like we used to like we used to have to be. We had no choice. Just in a brief summary, I absolutely adored this series, loved every bit of it, even the parts I didn't understand, because I knew we're getting to some point being a love of vintage that I am. The the old style setup with the TV shows was just very appealing to me. I loved it. Yeah. I, I love, you know, the old TV shows, the Dick Van Dyke. I was okay with Bewitched, the the Brady Bunch, the Partridge Family layout, the 80s, you know, the full house, the family ties, all of this retro <laughs> that I carry with me as a great love. And to see these these things play out was was absolutely amazing hey. to me. I was just disappointed that they didn't cover Roseanne at some point in there. <laughs> <laughs> um I always loved Catherine Hahn. Uh, She is, she's great. great. Um, She was great. And, you know, of course, Parks and Recs was where I really, you know, uh, got to know who she was as a, as an actress. And just the, the cat, I can't say enough good things about the show. Bringing Darcy back in. I love Darcy. I Mm -hmm. loved uh, Jimmy Woo. And I'm, I'm hoping that this does spin off into something for them. I think the MCU needs that. yeah, Jim Halpert was excellent in in yeah. WandaVision. <laughs> yeah. Can you believe think, he actually Randall Park forgot that he was actually on the office? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He did. It's like one of, it's one of the most classic cold opens of the office and he totally forgot that he was on it. Well, yeah, yeah. Wow. Your Jim, come on. I think a lot of people, a lot of people that I work with, I work uh, uh what I do, I work just like most everybody, I work an office job. It's but it's totally online remote now. And a lot of these folks, we have like a, a Slack, uh, the app, and then we've got like a movies channel and a TV channel. And then people are talking about TV and they're like, yeah, I started watching WandaVision and I didn't know what the heck was going on. It was like it's some old thing. And I, and I was the same way. I got through the first episode and I was like, what the heck is this? What are they smoking? What, what are they doing with this? I started reading a little bit about mm-hmm. it and I spoilery going, all right. It's supposed to be getting good. And then by the time that third episode hits, you know, the second episode at the very end of it, you're like, wait a minute, Mm -hmm. something's weird is happening. And then by the third episode, you start feeling, wait, is is this like the Truman show? Like, is this kind of what's going on here? And then, you know, by by the end of it, we realize, you know, she's the one doing it. And then, Mm -hmm. and my my girlfriend, she's, she's like, yeah, no, no, I read, uh, I read the comics and stuff. I already know what's going to happen. I'm like, you yeah. shut your mouth. I am <laughs> ignorant on this stuff. That's the same as, um, you know, we're going to, we're going to talk a little later on uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, but the same with Falcon and Winter Soldier. I've watched the first episode and I'm like, I don't know what's going on. And it's mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah. I, I love being blissfully ignorant with this stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just like, a lot of these folks are like, yeah, man, I read this comic series back in 1987 when it came out. And I'm like, that's great, man. Don't tell me anything. I kind of know how something's going to play out. I kind of have a less, en- I have less engagement in it because I'm like, well, why am I watching this? I, I know what the end result's going to be. Exactly. And I think they kept it. They actually did a pretty good job keeping it fresh enough for even for people who had read the comics, keeping it fresh enough. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, like Agatha, she's like, 
the, the, all the memes that came out of it where she was like, uh, oh, yeah, and I killed Sparky. And I'm like, yeah. oh, you suck. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, and you know that the way that this was supposed to work, and granted, I'm going to bring this back up again, and we're trying to get away from it, but in the pre-COVID, um, the way that it was supposed to work was we were supposed to have um, WandaVision, and then right after that, we were supposed mm-hmm. to have the Doctor Strange. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. Multiverse of Madness. Yep. Right. So, and that was supposed to be, uh, from what I understand, that last scene, the the last uh, post credit scene was mm-hmm. a scene that was taken from Doctor Strange 2. So, like, it uh-huh. wasn't filmed for this. It was actually taken from that movie. It was something that had already been filmed. So, mm-hmm. and granted, that's that's just, you know, it's, it's a rumor. We don't know that for sure. Yeah. But yeah. but the fact that you know we, we know that she's going to be some sort of a villain or some sort of an antihero or something there that just that's absolutely amazing. I yeah. love that. At this point, I, I think we can all have enough faith in Kevin Feige and the folks at Marvel. They know what they're doing. They mm-hmm. have proven time and time <laughs> again that they know what they're doing with this, and they've come out with right. some good storytelling, in my opinion. I agree. Yeah, him and between him and John Favreau, I think we're good to go. Yeah. <laughs> John Favreau says, I got Star Wars. You you handle Marvel and we got this, bro. The crazy thing with WandaVision, even though there are comic movies, especially now in post uh, Endgame and all that stuff, where the, the, the stage, you know, is always you know, the earlier part of Marvel was always Earth here, stuff going on here. And then they started branching out with like Captain Marvel stuff, kind of getting more into the grandiose big universe of things mm-hmm. and now WandaVision's now they of course they they kind of tiptoed in it with Doctor Strange I think WandaVision now is going to be where they're going to probably get all kinds of crazy with the supernatural or and this oh, yeah. Wanda yeah. They, oh, yeah. they, they said hey we're about to do some crazy stuff so you've thought you've seen it all now you're going to see more crazy the more unlimited possibilities and I think it's one of right. the neat things they're kicking off with it and, and you know that they've been seeding this for a while they've been yeah seeding oh yeah no because because like in in the in Doctor Strange, and I don't know how many people noticed this. I had to actually go back and watch it, but in Doctor Strange, in the scene where they brought him in, and you see the whole wall full of books. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the book that that Agatha has, it's actually missing on the wall. Oh wow! There, there's go- actually a book missing, and it's that book that mm-hmm. she has. Because if you look at the style of it, the way it's set up, yeah, it's got a name, and I forget about it. I'm so sorry. I am not a hardcore fan. But it's it's a particular book, and it's like the book of the damned or whatever. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. and that's what she's learning out of. But it was missing off of their off of the bookshelf in there. Yeah. So like like Marvel, they've been seeding this for a long, long time, mm-hmm. and I think that the probably the biggest um, the biggest thing that they didn't know how they were going to do that that we're hopefully going to get some introduction in is how are they going to introduce the X Men. I'm going to save that discussion for another time because I have a good yeah. theory for that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, yeah we'll, we'll, we'll table that one. But man, they we, can't, we, we can't cover everything in the first episode. We got to have true, to talk yeah. about. Yeah. 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 Stay, stay tuned, everybody. Keep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But of course, th- this past week that we're recording this, the first episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier came out. Like I said, we're going to venture kind of into spoiler territory. And this is, this is the only <laughs> thing I'm going to say. On the Falcon and the Winter Soldier's first episode. Well, it was awesome. Why did the guy who show up at the end, was that a young Carl from Up? <laughs> that, was a, 
That was the first. You're talking about discount Captain America? You got yeah. it. That's K- he's Kmart Captain America. <laughs> well, oh, my gosh. Is, <laughs> it doesn't bother me. I, have, I haven't watched it yet, but that's okay because I enjoy oh. it just as much as the destination, well, he, but that's okay. That's okay. I sat through I the Snyder you. Cut well, this weekend for this prep, man. Come on. <laughs> man, uh, well, you know his, the character's name, and granted, I, I haven't read the comics, but the character's name is yeah. U.S. Agent. Yeah, yeah. It, it, and that's he's and there's yeah. You know, I, I keep being seeing where fans are going, guys. There is a whole massive storyline that's about to take place mm-hmm. as part of this. Just right, buckle up because it's going to be one division level amazing. I'm like, okay, that is a high bar. You're saying, okay? yeah, because one division was like spectacular. But, but I, I am... didn't have any teeth. <laughs> yeah, but I, I am enjoying. He was a gummy Captain a... America. <laughs> Kmart Captain America. <laughs> Great value, Captain USA. <laughs> um, he, he didn't have his dentures in. But oh <laughs> I am uh I'm enjoying jumping on the bandwagon right now of not my cap just for the pure humor of it. I'm not, oh, yeah, you know, no, no. I am not like, you know, I guess I'll say I'm not butthurt about the whole thing. I just think I think it's hilarious. I'm finding the humor. This in falls it. into territory like with us with wrestling. He's basically the the fake Captain America to the fake Razor Ramon and Diesel. Oh, oh yeah, nice. yes, or the, so or much. The, yes, the the under fake. Okay, but uh, but let me ask you guys a question, and I don't know whether this crossed through your mind with all this happening. You know, at the end of uh, of Endgame, you know, we have him all. You know, we got old Steve Rogers there. He was old. He's not dead. <laughs> Where is he at? Why does he come forward and go enjoying oh, retirement? I'm retired, but what the heck are you guys doing? He said, "No, I don't think I will." Well, the thing, the, the hilarious thing is, from what I've read in the, what I read, what I've what I've heard about the comics is that you know, um, Kmart Captain America comes in and he he does his thing and he messes stuff up, and then at some point, Captain America comes in. And he beats him and takes his crown back or his shield back or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, are we going to get to see this guy who apparently has no bottom dentures that looks like the like Brock was saying the guy from up? He's going to get his <laughs> butt kicked by like it's eight, like a hundred and however many year old man. Absolutely. He's going to get his butt kicked like, like so. Steve Rogers is going to come out there with his kids Walker and beat the crap out of this guy. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Look. By, by the way, I was very thankful that I was not the only one who noticed that he looked like Carl from Up. Because it, we, we were sitting on the couch watching it, and he showed up on screen. And I was, I looked at Jess, I'm like, this Carl from Up, what, what is this guy? And then we immediately started looking online, and people were posting pictures of Carl <laughs> from Up with the Captain America helmet on. And I'm yeah, like, see, funny. I'm not the only one who thought that. So <laughs> l- let me ask you guys, let me ask you guys, and this is me, again, blissfully ignorant. You guys that are listening to this can comment all you want, but the guy when when they had all the the uh, the, the pedestrians that were out there that they had them all put on the masks, and then you had the one guy that was super powered and they could punch people into the walls, and then he he mm-hmm. he, he, he uh, kicked that one guy uh, and crushed in part of his skull. Mm-hmm. Is that discount Captain America? Is that the same guy? I think that's the same guy. I don't know I because don't, I don't he know. has Captain America powers. What if that's the same dude? What if it's like he's like like I'm a bad guy, but I'm also oh, I'm, you know, this is you know I, I'm, I, I, I am corporate America, not Mister Ideological America. You know what I mean? I had read that they were going to you know reintroduce the super serum that that made Steve oh. into Captain America mm-hmm. at some point. So maybe oh. that's, maybe that's it. Well, I mean, they would have. I would have thought that at the very least they would have given it to you know discount Captain America, right? <laughs> Which they I found out. They gave him the shield. 
<laughs> wasn't wasn't that kind of messed up because yes because he's like all right well you know i really don't feel like i can i can do this you know hold the mantle of the shield mm-hmm. so that we're going to just go put it in a, in a museum and granted it's so early you know to tell course where this is going and that's a good thing we're we're going to see it play out week by week maybe that's why they did that with wandavision so they'd be like hey you know hey i like i actually like it because it gives us something to look forward to seeing every week when me and brock you know were so excited about cobra kai and we binge the whole (laughs) season in one day and then we're like it's (laughs) over and yep. you know so now well, what do we watch but um why did we not we get two it. episodes to start off with yeah. why did we not get like like with one division we got two episodes why did they start us with just one on this one did they say anything about that from what i understand though i think the also thing you think about they did the tv show format for one division so to give you a, little, a general idea of more of what's going on versus where from what i've read uh winter soldier and and uh, Falcon, it's it's more it's more in the style of like a movie st- uh, cinematic uh, presentation. Mm-hmm. That might be, you know, Resident yeah, makes sense. Quirky yeah, TV, episode. yeah. Falcon and Winter Soldier is only going to be golly five, what, six five episodes. Six parts. Yeah. Six, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, they're wow, long. They've and, got a uh, lot to cover, from what I understand. Then, well, the episode was longer than the one division episodes. I think it was yeah. closer to an hour. Yeah, it was. I'm looking forward to seeing where this is headed and where this is going. I love the two characters of Falcon and Winter Soldier. I've always been a huge fan of Bucky Barnes and the Winter Soldier Mm -hmm. and that character that's been created. And the two of them, you know, from the time that they were brought together in Civil War and their their interaction with each other and the 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 bromance for Steve in a way. Jessica, what what did what did you think about the fact that we got more character development for Bucky Barnes in that one scene in the first oh, episode of yeah. this show where he yeah. was sitting down in front of a shrink. We got more character development for yes. that character in that one section than we've had for the entire MCU. I, I appreciated that more than more than well, anything maybe, else. Yes. Well, his he, well, his like how he's been in the movies. You've had that mystique of you know he's. I guess kind of the he, he's kind of you know what he went through to mm-hmm. be where he's at now. He was damaged, mm-hmm. you know, then brainwashed. That maybe he's, that maybe that's why that's so fulfilling then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it is just to kind of you know get to know this, just the getting to know it's it's the character to it's more character yeah. develop into this arc that and I and I hope that you know that that it continues to expand for him because I think he's a great character. I've always I've always loved that character from the yeah from the first you know from the from the from the get go from the first Captain America movie yeah. onward. So I mean, it, it always made sense to me. And granted, I know that his position with in the MCU with the U.S. government is that you know he's going to be pardoned because I mean technically mm-hmm. he was a criminal. Um, yeah. right. But it always made sense to me that he would be the next Captain America. Right. Right. Because I mean, you think about it. Even mechanically, the dude's got the arm. Yeah. You know, he could have the shield mm-hmm. in the other hand, and I mean that he's freaking invincible at that point. Just about it. So I mean, yeah. And and he's he's from the same time as Steve. And granted, he's if anything, he's probably had more overall broken but healed character development than Steve yeah. has. Whereas Steve is kind of like Marvel's version of Superman. You know the the you know the, the Boy Scout. He's a different character altogether. So it's it's it would be an interesting development seeing him hold the shield. You know what I mean? I agree, and and to see that you're going to see what is going on with both of these characters after after the events of everything that they've been a part of and they've taken place. Just like, yeah, forgive me, I know Bo, you hadn't seen it, but it's oh, it's, it's, okay. it's it's Sam coming back home 
mm-hmm. and to deal with, you know, all that his family's had to go through from the, from the things that he's been off, you know, fighting, taking care of. And the comment was uh, made between with Brock while watching this, but it was like, you know, he's like, he was, he was part of Tony Stark, you know, surely mm-hmm. Tony Stark, there was, there's, there's some kind of financial benefit to being tied to all this. <laughs> and then in the episode, Sam kind of touches on that. So again, sorry, Bo, for any oh, no. spoilers. No, but no, I got that. It, and the fact that they went to the bank, and you're trying to get like a loan. And granted, again, Bo, apologies. For oh, no. <laughs> stop, uh, but, stop, stop. But, but they, they, they go to the bank and they're trying to get a loan for to keep to keep the, their business, their family business afloat. And the, the guy is like, like he figures out who he is. And he's just trying to get mm-hmm. his picture. And he's like, yeah, but you really don't have any recorded income for the past five years. And he's like, that's because I didn't exist for five years. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. he's like, well, we, we, your finances are all over the place and we just can't finance you guys. And mm-hmm. it was kind of like, it was a, a certainty. So there was that little, a whole hint of things are not quite as they should be. And this whole thing is going to introduce a faction of people who they mentioned in the episode are, are more happy with the way things were before the, during the blip than after or before. Yeah. Well, so that's what they kind of go back to WandaVision. They kind of covered that with uh, Monica Rambeau's Rambo. character. Yeah, yeah she, you know, she was someone who got, you know, her, she got snapped and then returned and then, you know, lost her mother and all that stuff. That's the that's the neat thing. Like, I, that's one of the things I hope they do with these series, kind of cover, you know, the five years worth, you know, the world existing and all that. Mm-hmm. So it's it's very it's it's very interesting what they're going to do with that. That's a cool thing. They can they have that sandbox to play with. All right. Let's switch over from Marvel. And talk about now DC a little bit. Let's talk now about DC a little bit. Well, look, I, guys, we, we can actually be proud to talk about DC. I mean, I've got a lot well, of friends no DC fans. But, <laughs> but you know, after, and granted, I don't know what everyone's opinion is, but after seeing, you know, Justice League in the theaters and then what was done to it to take it away from what, you know, Zack Snyder had done, now we finally get to see Justice League the way that yeah, Zack yeah. Snyder intended it to be. Not with the involvement of the other director, that made, made creative changes. A lot of them. <laughs> His version of Justice League to me was so unimpressive. I have not watched it since it was in the theater. So my memory of everything that he did is almost non-existent. I remember some scenes, but I that was one I actually tried to forget. And Do you remember hating it. I remember being unimpressed. I won't yeah, say so hating I, didn't, it. I didn't hate it. I just it was. It's I was unimpressed. I, yeah. Well, I, I, was I, like, I, will, I will say I hated it. I absolutely hated it. Yeah. Well, there's no problem. There's no. I, there's you no. Anybody can hate it. That's you I know, completely Zach, understand. Zach Snyder. You know, with the, with the unfortunate death of his daughter and 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 all that. That was a really rough patch for him. And and I'm thrilled that Warner Brothers and HBO Max they gave him the chance to come back. I didn't know he had shot that much footage. I'll be honest mm-hmm. with you. I had no idea that much footage had been had been shot. And it did not feel like four hours to me. Nope. We 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 watched it, you know, two hours on Friday night and two hours on, on Saturday night. It still did not feel like four hours. I felt like, you know what? This could keep going for just a little bit longer and I'd be happy with it. Mm-hmm. The fact that they gave him the ability to go back and Gave him the money. Here's the movie that you wanted to do. Go do it. Hopefully some time has passed and you've been able to 
you know, you, you never move past anything like the death of a child ever, but being able to get some time to heal a little bit yeah, mm-hmm. and then give yeah. him the money to go and, and finish this cut. And man, I tell you, I've been wishy-washy on Zack Snyder for years. I've liked some of his stuff. I've not liked some of his stuff. I'm the same. So I, I, I was interested to see mm-hmm. where he was going to take his Snyder cut and give me that four hours and more. Really? Oh, yeah. Ed, I, I can't say enough good things about it. Is, I, I, is, is I, it a perfect movie? No. No. But it's good. Man, was it so much better? Yeah. Because yeah, you, you get invested in the characters. You get invested in the scenes. It, it just it, it's just got every like more. I like walked away and I just I felt like I mm-hmm. I wanted more. Like I want to see more dark side. I want to yeah. see what happens. <laughs> I, I want I want to see. I want this trilogy now. I I, I want it. <laughs> And before, when I walked out of the theatrical version, I was like, you know, what the heck did I just see? This was garbage. Yeah. And yeah. then with this right here, I'm like, all right, it's kind of like I feel like I'm watching Star Wars. I want to see the rest of the trilogy. Yeah. I hope it's possible. It could be possible. See, that's what I tell everybody. Even though they technically moved on from his DCEU, there's a great mm-hmm. line in the movie which could open up that possibility. But Steppenwolf talks about how Darkseid wants to conquer the multiverse. Yep. Right. Therefore, right. you know, you could have oh, multiple a- Batman movies and stuff like that going on at one time. So that's like, hey, you know, maybe we'll see where this goes. Maybe that, you never know. That one line, I had the same thought. That one line sets up the new Flashpoint yep. movie that's coming. Yes. Mm-hmm. That that just like okay, they can continue this version mm-hmm. of Justice League, yeah. If they if they choose to, we all know Michael Keaton's coming back as Batman with this Flashpoint <laughs> movie, which I I yeah I couldn't be happier than that. Oh, yeah. But it, it, there's so there's so many possibilities so, to open this now. Even I'll, though I, thirty years later, I still want to get nuts. Come I'll, on, yeah. you want to get nuts? Come on, let's get nuts. I hope, and, and this is on my own personal hope is with, with the idea of the multiverses and the, you know the things they've done with you know the CW shows, the the DC mm-hmm. on TV, which has been far better than the DC movies. I you know I want to see Ezra Miller and I want to see Grant Gustin mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. I, I, I would oh, like yeah. to see Stephen Amell somehow show up as as Green Arrow. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I would love but, to see all that come together. And yeah, you know, we'll see. I mean, honestly, yeah. if it hadn't been for CW and what they did to like reignite people's interest in it, you know mm-hmm. that, that that was that was both a good and a bad thing. The good thing was they reignited our interest in DC. You know, a lot of people are still you know, diehard fans. But, you know, when we got the theatrical version of the movie, we got the theatrical version of the movie, uh, you know, no one was willing to give, at least me mentally, I wasn't willing to give uh, the new Flash a chance in the movie. Because oh, man. Number one, He's so good. He is, yeah. in the Snyder Cut, he is the most relatable character, and he makes so much sense yeah. once, you, once you give him a chance. But in the theatrical version, it was like he was just weird. Yeah, and that yeah. was it. He was a it weird was, fanboy. Yeah, he, it was. He was just weird, and he wasn't relatable at all. Right. But then yeah. once we got a little bit of the awkwardness, we could we could kind of feel like him. Like yeah. he's me. Flash and Cyborg was the biggest beneficiaries of this yep. movie. No Cyborg doubt about especially. it. Especially Cyborg, oh. like his story was great. Like it was really good. Yes, I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yeah. We're kind of all geeky. We're you know we're it's real. It's still really fresh. Just like Falcon yeah. and Winter Soldier. This is yeah. still really fresh because I think all of us have just just seen it. 
Yeah, I got up Saturday morning and watched it. It started at 8.30 a.m. and finished up a little bit after lunchtime. <laughs> so I was, I did it all in one setting. I don't know about you guys, but the thing that, that I really missed more than anything was every, every time they would do a shot of them together, I'm like, this would be absolutely perfect if we had Green Lantern. Yeah. Yes. Because no Green Lantern no would just, just be beautiful. It would just pull it all together because we'd have all the powers we needed. But even, even then... That iconic scene that just keeps going all over TikTok and all over the internet of, you know, Steppenwolf's about to go throw my hammer or throw my axe up yeah. and I'm about to just totally oh. kill Cyborg. And it's totally <laughs> different than the way it was in the theatrical version. Because mm-hmm. in, in the, if I remember right, in the theatrical version, he actually did hit him and knocked, yeah. him, knocked him over. But in this one, it's like Superman just comes in and just hits him and he's like, not oh, impressed. Oh, impressed. Right. Yeah, not impressed. Oh, man. <laughs> me and brock are both big batman guys yeah. and like you know yeah. i'm always going to pick on superman for being the boy scout <laughs> but i'm going to tell yeah. you in a movie moment right there you're like you know what that's freaking superman right there yeah, right? yeah. i i am far I, from the biggest superman fan i i could tolerate him i'm not a fan of superman but in the snyder cut all yeah, day all yeah. day Oh yeah, Henry, Henry Cavill is a wonderful Superman. Hey, hey guys, I, I, I don't want to spoil it too much, but but Jessica literally wrote notes. She has notes. She has a notebook full yeah. of notes that she's going to share with us. She's the well, organized one of us all. Because because I hope everybody is enjoying the uh, the supersize episode <laughs> premiere. Oh man, we're, we're going to have to break this up, and this is going to be the, uh, the Alabama <laughs> podcast yeah. Snyder cut here. It's, it's the a Parker Bama cut. Geeks the Snyder cut. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Okay, I won't try to touch on this long because we're generally under all of the four of us. There's a lot of stuff that I wrote down, my observations and my feelings watching this. I did this because there's a lot to take in. I knew going into this, I didn't want to miss a thought on something, you know, and and it's the same for me. Uh, The Whedon Justice League was a one and done for me, and I'll never watch that again. That was my feelings. I will take a four hour Snyder cut over a Josh Whedon. Justice League any day. The time never was a factor Jessica, for me. I will interject and say the only time that I felt that, and it seems like everyone is feeling like that it that the four hours was justified. The only time that I felt that was in the scene, the post-apocalyptic scene where Batman was having his exchange with the Joker. At that point, mm. I was like, shut up and keep going. <laughs> it's probably because I don't like Jared Leto's Joker, but it well, was like Hold on, hold on. I, yeah. I don't interject on you, Jessica, but hold on. Also, the Joker was also a big beneficiary of that movie. Yeah. yeah I'm going to tell was. you, that took, that took me from completely despising Leto's Joker yes. to like, ooh. But my, my, this, my, my this question off the good. bat, my question off the bat was, where was this yes. one in yes. Suicide yes. Squad? Where was he? Yep. Yes. We needed that. And did you notice that, that like, his tattoos and stuff, like a lot gone. of the tattoos covered, and stuff, yeah. they were gone. What? <laughs> <laughs> so touching on the whole four hour time frame, and I feel like it wasn't a factor for me because I was interested uh, in the story. It kept me engaged. Of course, giving us the backstory for the Flash and the Cyborg, it made you care about them as characters. The lack of substance in the Wheaton cut for them just made it feel like they were filler. And also, when we were watching it, I made the comment to Brock, look, after Wonder Woman 84, 
I needed to see this Wonder Woman again. I needed to see Gal Gadot playing Wonder Woman like this again. Wonder Woman 84 is another one and done for me. I I will not watch that again. Well, two and done because the kids wanted to see it. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, you had to. <laughs> we had to suffer through we'll it. Suffer again. for the children. That's but right. I would say, yeah, like the, the battle on Themyscira, like the Amazonians in general. That battle on Themyscira when Steppenwolf comes to take the box is like yes, one of the cool. Like, basically, well, it was like Zack Snyder was like, "Hey, let's 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 give the ladies their own version of 300. <laughs> well, and you know, like, and that's exactly what happened, and it was awesome. Well, and you know, in the theatrical version, they did that, but it was like. He it was like the one minute version. It was like yeah, he just like he compressed. I'll take this and then thump thump gone. And then and oh. so so we got this feeling in the theatrical version that they were just like pushovers. That yeah. it was yeah, right. so easy to get the box from them. But in this one, we're like, oh no, it was a huge freaking deal. Yeah, those those ladies. Oh my goodness, the 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 fighting that they put forth in that in this was was amazing. I love Gaul as Wonder Woman. I think she. For this time period that we're in, this generation, she is the best representation of this character. You know, Linda Carter is the OG. She is the original. But if they had to pass the baton to someone, I'm glad it's been her. Mm -hmm. So, okay, so I love the first Wonder Woman movie. I would watch that again. Wonder Woman 84, uh, probably will not touch it now that we've seen it and the kids have seen it. We're done. The Snyder Justice League and the first Wonder Woman, they're rewatchable to me because they have the depth. They have the heart is how I feel about the it. Big, the big call there is depth. Uh, yeah. That, yeah. that is the, the theatrical version was so shallow. It was like watching the movie through another medium. It was almost like you were just seeing a preview in a way because you knew that there was more to it. I remember mm-hmm. watching the theatrical version and coming away going, there is no telling how much they cut out of that. Because yeah. there was so much more to it that they could have explored. And then we get the Snyder cut. And even though I feel like there were some parts in it that drug that could have probably been sewn up a little <laughs> bit. When I got done with it, I was like, okay, all of it makes sense. I know why he put us through making sure that we saw all the slow-mo scenes so that we could feel <laughs> yeah. what is he, his tutorial influence i think also the slow-mo scenes helps because the movie was heavily cgi and i Mm -hmm. think slower cgi looks better than a fast-paced stuff but sorry i mean i I, I saw saw somebody make the comment that lens flares is the jj abrams as slow-mo is to zack snyder (laughs) he's he's one of those very he's one of those very he wants to paint the picture director like he's you know he's very He's very good one shots. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah. go go back and look visual. at three hundred. Yeah. yeah, the yeah, visual. You go look at three hundred where you've got all the arrows coming out, and then you got where he kicks the guy into the pit, and yeah. it's like all yeah. slow mo, and you get yeah. close to the guy's face, yeah. and it's. I mean, that's Zack Snyder. That's just how he is. Yeah. 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 But also, one thing I like though, they they had a lot more fun, but it wasn't like shoved in their fun. Like I got to talk about my favorite joke in the movie, or the favorite thing. Is, uh, where, where uh, they're down in the, I think it's the Bat Cave where um, Alfred is working on the new gauntlets for Batman, mm-hmm. yeah. and, and like yeah. uh, the energy absorbing dispersal. And I love it when uh, when Diana looks at him and goes, "Oh, you figured out that technology." And then she goes, "Oh, you know, while you're at it, why don't you make him a lasso in black, of course?" And that just that oh. that joke, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, so freaking hard. But I guess yeah. that kind of you know that was funny. Well, yeah. you see, any any time you see DC getting lighthearted like that. I think there's a part of us, you know, DC is doing everything they can to make their own way and not be like Marvel. They don't want to fall into that trap of being like trying to rehash and be like Marvel. 
So it's like anytime we get a lighthearted joke like that, it tugs at you, makes you feel like, okay, they're going to start getting a little more lighthearted. But then Zack Snyder pulls you back into, no, 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 no. We're serious. This is serious comics. Oh, so my biggest thing was one thing also they fixed. They took out to me, which was one of the more cringy lines that I did not like, was when after Superman is resurrected, he's looking at Batman and he does that. You won't let me live. You won't let me die. I don't know why they just that that God, never settled. That, that never settled with me. So like as <laughs> soon as that sequence was over, I was like, oh, my God, they got rid of it. Thank you so very much. That was one of those ones where I was like, I don't feel like Zack Snyder did that. It didn't feel right. You know, it, it didn't feel like it was him. Yeah. I did see another little note, a little side note here that says, so maybe no Green Lantern, but at least we have Martian Manhunter. Yep. Exactly. Wow. Dude, that dropped him hard. When Lois is talking to uh, to Soup's mom, I was like, <laughs> oh, that, 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 that was one of the moments I was like, okay, I don't want to sit here and watch all this dialogue because it's already been long yeah. by that point. But then she steps out in the hallway and turns into <laughs> to Martian Manhunter. And I'm like, Surprise! what? Huh? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, I I know you said that yeah, was kind of hard. That's kind of like one of the like I I guess that's me getting older. The more the more parenting type thing. Like I like that. That was a very heartfelt scene. Like she mm-hmm. was t- like it, like it was hard- her, get back get back to the land of the living. And I was like, you know what? That's a that's a good that's a good yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. It was heartfelt. But after watching for for that yeah. of time, that that was the one moment I went. Okay, let's but go. Let's I, like go. Said, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna I'll gratefully admit, like that was kind of when they gave me a little misty eyed, and then I don't know why. I guess, like I said, being a dad too is the whole scene with Barry and his dad, and his dad. Oh like, yeah, let, let me be a drag on your life. Just, just you know, oh, don't worry. Yeah. And and I, and that's a father's point of view, or any parent's yes. point of view. You know, they want their best for their children. Yeah. Don't. And I don't know Barry why, but like I said, best of the best. It, oh man, and that <laughs> scene, Bo, they 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 actually, I think in the movie, they actually managed to pull that scene off better than they did in the CW show. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I'll go because, oh, hands down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, the original was still the, the CW version was great in itself, but yeah, yes, just something was. something about that was very heartfelt, and it, it like it we felt the emotion. Like that's the other yeah. thing. It's the stuff you didn't so like get I a chance was... to feel in the in the theatrical version. You just didn't feel it because. He never spent enough time on it. It's like that that whole movie was being driven yeah. by by Whedon listening to studio executives. And that's all and it also, was. And also going on the Flash, I love is like uh, the one thing I used to love from the uh, Justice League comic was always, you know, uh, Barry was always trying to flirt with Diana. I always try to get her attention. <laughs> that, was, that, that came to my next great, my favorite, yeah. another great joke I like was like, what if she likes older guys? And he's and Cyborg's like, well, she's 5,000 years old. Oh, man. a younger guy. That- I mean. <laughs> It was a great <laughs> Barry's father really gave me uh John Wesley ship vibes. Yeah, that's uh I can't think really of his did. name. I know he was uh he was a uh, uh, night owl and watchman. I can't think of his the actor's name, but I I can't either. But yeah, he, I, I yeah. kept looking at him going, it it, it feels like you yeah. know, golden age flash from CW almost. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, very much so. I think it's unanimous. We're all big fans of the Snyder Cut, like two but, thumbs up. Yeah. 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 I, I I didn't think I would be. I really didn't yeah. think I would be. And I walked away mm-hmm. from it going, heck, yeah. It surprised me in two ways. It was very impressive. And that's the first time I've watched the movie in four by three format in a very, very long time. <laughs> dude, yeah. That was hilarious. Dude, with, with that format and with the slow mo at the beginning, that's what made it was like, ah! but then but, all of a sudden you forget that yeah, it's exactly. in that, in that mm-hmm. format. Yeah. You you quickly forget that it's in that format. Did you guys see the um the the, the not just you know they kind of tell you the explanation, but just did you see like the yeah, way that it would have had to have been cut? Yeah. Because yes. it would have had it had he just sixteen by nine it, 
it would have cut off faces. It would have cut off legs. Yeah. Yeah. It would have been bad. So, I mean, I understand why he had to go to a four by three. And a lot of people online are thinking, well, it was just Zack Snyder being Zack Snyder being a diva. Uh, and I'm yeah. like, no, it's because IMAX is freaking massive. And he <laughs> shot everything in IMAX. Yeah. That would have been awesome to see in IMAX. Oh, my God. Yeah, thank you. Maybe we'll get the chance. Maybe, Maybe we'll, we'll get yeah. the chance. <laughs> Maybe. I would love to see that in IMAX. Could you I will imagine say, like the I said, concession I sales? Oh, my oh God. God. I will Ooh. happily sit through four hours of that again. I would. Can you oh, imagine yeah. the concession sales and the pee breaks? Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Hey. Do you think that they would do the intermissions like, you know, how they did the, the uh, chapter seven, chapter eight? Do you think they would stop in the middle and give people a pee break? I would say at least the middle. Do a two hour. I wouldn't. Like this harkens back to, you know, say a, a big musical like My Fair Lady. When they came out in the theater with Audrey Hepburn, there's an intermission right in the middle. Mm-hmm. All right. This is totally all a weird subject of, 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 um, of long movies, but do you guys remember Braveheart? Yeah. Oh yeah, you remember yeah. when Braveheart came out? It was three hours and two minutes. Yeah. That, that movie was, long was back then. That and then I remember when because I worked at Walmart at the time, and I remember when it came out. It came out in two uh, VHS tapes. It was like yeah, I <laughs> two VHS tapes like Titanic. And, like, and I will, yeah, I will never forget that. Go in there and just I didn't. I was like, is this the way movies are going to be now? Are the movies going to be this long? And then we have the Snyder cut, which is. Four hours. It's like, my gosh, man. I mean, they would definitely, I think going back to it, I think they would definitely have to, at the very least, in the middle, stop yeah. and give people a bathroom break. Yeah, three hours in the in the theater is, is really nothing now. But <laughs> so movies like this, if, if a director is given the opportunity to piece together a, a good film like this, I'm, I'm all for bringing lo- even a little bit longer movies like this back into the theaters when, when things get back yep. to normal. Mm-hmm. I'm going to see a well, four-hour well, movie. Well, I, I think it's got to happen because like what we're talking about with Ghostbusters, some things are meant to be experienced in a mass gathering setting yeah. like that. Yep. Exactly. And hey, theaters are come a long way than what they used to be. You got theaters with reclining seats now. And, uh, yep. Yep. Uh, you know, there's there's a comfortable way to see a movie these days when when all that hopefully gets well, gets opened back up. Well, reclining <laughs> seats will never uh, still won't stop uh, all that all that coke from uh, making me have to go to the bathroom. Off. <laughs> <laughs> that was like, you know, the whole call before Endgame. <laughs> have yeah, you exactly. put, yeah, we are not drinking before this. We are. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're gonna I, have I, that I, bladder I, control. <laughs> when we took the kids to see Endgame, <laughs> I looked at my son, who is famously getting up and down when we go to the movies. I looked at him. I'm like, "You go now, and don't even think about getting back up. Why? Because you're gonna miss stuff." Yeah, and he held it. I was proud of him. He held it. Wow. <laughs> Well, we really thank you for joining us for this premiere episode of the Bama Geeks podcast. Yes, it was a supersize episode. Probably won't be this long in the future, but like I said at the beginning, we are four friends who love to get together and talk about all this stuff. So if you got to take an intermission like the Snyder Cut, you know, just hit pause on your phone or whatever listening device you're on. And I want to give everybody a chance before we give you the Bama Geek socials. I'd like to give everybody a chance to give out your own social media channels where people can follow you and maybe keep up with you and your interests. So whoever wants to go first, Instagram, Twitter, whatever you got. I'll make mine quick and simple. Pretty much any any format of social media entertainment, it is M-B-T-H-E-G-R-81. That is like on uh, 
Twitter, Instagram, Twitch. That's that's pretty. That's about the fastest way to find me. Mine, uh, pretty much any way to find me is uh, just look up Keg Dev, K E G D E V. Uh, I the only difference is on Twitter, I am uh, Keg Develops because I am a developer. So K E G D E V E L E O P S. I am really on only two platforms of social media. Uh, of course, I am on Facebook and I am on Instagram. As far as Jessica, she is with me on the socials. Our cosplaying pages and accounts you can follow at Parks and Rex, P-A-R-K-S-A-N-D-W-R-E-X. And the reason for that is because, well, last name is Parker, so that's the Parks. And the Rex part is from Mass Effect. There's a character named Rex. And he's one of our favorite characters, so we just decided to go with Parks and Rex. So that's where you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, at Parks and Rex. And for me, if you just want to say hi, I'm on uh, Instagram and Twitter as at Brock P, B-R-O-C-K-P. You can follow me there, and I don't talk about just geeky stuff on there. It's whatever, float your boat. But that's where you can find us. As far as Bama Geeks, we would love for you to follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, all four of those. You can find us at, well, I don't know about YouTube, but the other three, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, you can find us at Bama Geeks, B-A-M-A-G-E-E-K-S. And that's where we're going to be posting a lot of stuff. All four of us have access to those accounts, and so it's going to be a free-for-all whenever the Whoever wants to post anything could post it, and that's where you can keep up with us. As far as scheduling the podcast, as Bo mentioned earlier, he does have uh, an alternating work schedule. So probably, you know, you may hear us once a month. We're going to attempt to do every other week. Every two weeks, we have a really convenient time for us to get together and record these. And uh, like I said earlier, we'll also eventually get a video version of this where you can see all of us. We just, Jessica and I just have to get our space set up to where uh, it'll be more appealing from our end. Because right now, all you see is the kitchen. (laughs) Where we cook a lot of great meals. She does. She's a fantastic cook. She cooks just like my mom did. (laughs) So, but uh, guys, any closing words from you? Just, hey, thanks to those of you that are tuning in to this first episode. And if it's a little more supersized than we planned for it to be, but it is the introduction episode and hopefully uh, a lot of good things uh, coming from us here in the future. So we appreciate you hanging with us and uh, look forward to your support of our podcast. And I will keep it short and sweet and say, may the force be with you all. And also with you. (laughs) I'll see you on the other side, Ray. Finally, we got one last Ghostbusters reference. In. There we go. <laughs> so, but thanks so much for joining us for the uh, the first episode of the Bama Geeks podcast, and we will see you again very soon. <laughs> <laughs>